Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. The Brewing Network Sunday session is brought to you by the badasses at More Beer. Visit them at morebeer.com. I want people to believe in me, and I want people to believe in me when they taste my beer. That's what it's about. You mean you laid underneath it and tried to put his tongue up the bung? <laughs> I liked to actually scoop up the yeast uh-huh. and look at it. 7 o'clock came real early that next morning. Oh, yeah, man. Thanks for dumbing that down for us. You did an awesome job. It's all about food and you beer. Punch me in the junk. Man, that thing was thick. The point is just beat it like it's your dick. I like to smell it <laughs> afterwards. Are you being sarcastic no. right now? No. Bring your body armor. I ran into my jungle once on a ball valve on a kettle. That's a true happy now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the program. Live from the Hop Grenade, another wonderful Monday night in Concord. That's right. Is it afternoon or night? Yeah, I guess it's afternoon, Start. evening. I hate well, it's, it the, is afternoon. I mean, it's 6 like, o'clock. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Technically, any time after 12 p.m., I suppose. Right. I the, the time change is not good for my psyche. It feels... I hate it. You didn't enjoy your extra hour? No. No. Who needs an extra hour? What I need is more daylight. It's dark at, like, what, 2 p.m. now, it feels like? Yeah. But that's going to happen yeah. no matter what time it is. My child has woken up at... 4.30 a.m. every single day since Ooh, the time change. That's rough. It's been retarded. Yeah. That's the no kid fun. or the waking up? Yes. <laughs> no, yeah. Okay. Both. Yeah, I don't know. It's something about the just daylight savings. Is that what it is now? It's daylight savings now? I think no. we're not standard saving. Time. It's standard time. This is normal. I don't get it because it feels like we're trying to save daylight by getting dark early. <laughs> right. It's so I always, I always get confused. But then it's dark at 4 p.m. and it feels late. Like I'm ready for bed right now. That and I'm pretty sure I brought the bird flu home from Hong Kong. Oh, uh, SARS. I think I have SARS or the bird flu. What if it's just Ebola? We're I, fine. It could be Ebola. I'm not sure. It's one of them, though. And it sort of ebbs and flows. Like one day I'm fine and then the next day I'm right back to being sick as a dog again. That might be Ebola, I think, actually. Do, does that ebb and flow? Yeah, Do we have I think to so. swap bodily fluids to get SARS or is that one that you can... Um, I don't. I don't remember. I don't know. 
But I don't think I swapped bodily fluids with anybody in Hong Kong, so I, I might have something that you don't, you don't, you don't swap. Not, that I, not while I was conscious. <laughs> not intentionally. Yeah. Not while I wasn't blacked out drunk. Um, so, yeah, this is, I'm just coughing and dying. You know, I have weird anxiety about it then, too, because I'm like, what if I did bring back something terrible? And then the Hawker Aid will go out of business because it'll be like a news article. You know, it'll be like, Concord Man brings back Ebola. <laughs> yeah. You're uh, patient zero. Yeah, uh, you know, owner of the Hop Grenade in Concord, California. <laughs> patient patient zero. The and then no one ever wants to come to the Hop Grenade again. These are the things I think about. <laughs> Well, we'll all get locked in here with you then. Oh, yeah. We'll have to quarantine the whole place. Yeah. We do have quite a lot of beer, so it'll be a nice way to go. Um, it'll be a good quarantine session. That's yeah. Cool. Right, and we could broadcast the whole... Says all you. 21 days? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 21 days of binge drinking craft beer at the Hop Grenade while we're in. We can leave... Like, we won't tape up the windows or anything. It'll sort of become an attraction to watch Uh-oh. what's going on inside. We'll be our very own freak show. Yeah. yeah. Come watch the dying man. <laughs> and his friends. Drink his weight in beer every day. The you know, dying man. It'd be amazing because there'll be a lot of highs and lows. Like, some days we'll be having a great time in here. And then the next day, you guys will be hating me right. screaming at me for ruining your lives this is good television it would be good it would be like big brother but everyone loses yeah, yeah. <laughs> big <Right>. ebola everyone <laughs> loses yeah. we'd see uh, who, who would gain the most weight from eating nothing but flatbreads for 30 days oh, yeah. oh that's true <laughs> I, I i feel like we would both no. gain and lose weight I'd because stashing pretzels in hidden places <laughs> in your in beard, your beard. Right. yeah the I tagline think, would be get the virus i think you guys forget the part about having ebola i don't think anyone's putting on weight when we're all sitting around with Ebola. I that would, would be... still somehow figure out how to do it. <laughs> well, okay, everybody yeah. but Bevo would stop putting on weight. That would be the challenge. Bevo dies fatter than ever. Yeah, so like it's who could That's use... Rude. <laughs> how, does, how does she even do that? You're right. She died of diabetes. Of all the, the, you're awful people. Of come, all the things that doctors would come and want to examine us for, it would be like, how the hell did she gain weight? <laughs> yeah. Turns out she's like she had, Hurley on Lost and she's eating tubs of ranch dressing. <laughs> the woman has parasites in her body and she feeds them more than they can eat yeah we'd run out of flatbreads on day two our flatbreads are delicious we do have good flatbreads i don't know i hope it's not true (laughs) yeah Yeah, you know what i mean so do i you are an idiot (laughs) this cough is just weird i don't know I feel, yeah. like it's, I feel like it's not like something I've ever had before. I think I'm patient zero because I've had the cough for three months. Oh, yeah. 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 Cough. Now the cough. I've given it to all of you guys. Capital T, capital C. Well, that the makes me cough. feel better then. Her and her mm-hmm. kid, man, just hacking away all the time. Yeah. yeah. That's true. You know, when you come back through customs, there, there are signs everywhere that say if you're coughing, you know, you have to let us know. Kate and I were just like, don't cough, don't cough, don't cough. We're not letting anybody know. Yeah. You can go sit in a room for the next two weeks at the airport while they decide if you have a cold or not. That is my business. Well, you'll probably sleep in a tent in the parking lot of the airport. <laughs> right. That's true. So, anyway, I'm sure it's going to be fine, guys. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, you're all right. Yeah. yeah. You're all yeah. right. I feel like I drink too much beer for anything to survive mm. in my mm. body. That's yeah, probably that's true. true strategy. It's the alcohol. I feel right. like a constant stream of alcohol going yeah. through your blood is a is a way to fend off disease. Sure. Yeah, that's, you don't immune system. Says every yeah. alcoholic ever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Good point. You could never develop one of those uh, breweries in your guts, like with the you know the brewer's yeast getting trapped. Oh yeah, no, no way. Because uh, over like fifteen percent, no yeast can survive. Right. Yeah. So you're fine. I think I'm good. Yeah. So, so I feel better about that. Doc's uh, definitely fine. That's a real dumb thing to think. <laughs> Not even real. All right. Well, we got a great show for you today. Doc's just joining us right now. Welcome to the studio, <laughs> Thanks, Doc. Man. Traffic was pretty nasty out there. 
I want to thank our sponsor, More Beer. Uh, you can go to morebeer.com right now and check them out. They bring you this session and every session. And as I've told you before, they've been doing it since um, before we started. So uh, I love those guys over at More Beer, and you should too. Um, good sales going on all the time. Just go check them out. Plus, new products. They're innovators in the homebrewing world. Go check them out at morebeer.com. Tonight's show for you, we've got uh, our old friends, Drew Beecham and Denny Kahn on the program. And what's happened is the two of them have gotten together and written a book together. And I feel like... Finally, like, doesn't it seem like <laughs> Drew and Denny? You, 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 you didn't know that they should be together, but once you hear it, you go, "Oh, well, finally!" Yeah, they're both no. completely insane people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they've written experimental homebrewing, mad science in the pursuit of great beer, and they're going to be on the program to talk about their new book. Uh, we talked to them about it a little bit at the National Homebrewers Conference in Grand Rapids this year. Um, and it hadn't been published yet, and I think it just came out last week. So we've got them now on the program to talk about that. So hang in there for that. We'll be talking to the dudes. Fun guys, Drew and Denny. wonder which one smoked more pot in their life. <laughs> uh, I would say Drew. No, uh, uh, Denny. Denny. Yeah. Yeah. You think Denny, right? I think but so, yeah. I have a feeling Drew might surprise us, you know. Like maybe that's how he got through MIT. He had to get stoned every night. Super high. <laughs> Knowing him, he was like... He had to dumb himself down, yeah. I think, is what happened. He's too I'm, smart. Right. I'm too smart. He was probably just um, you know huffing liquid paper all the time. <laughs> yeah, That's what like, his drug was. I'm just too smart for these guys. Let me take another huff. <laughs> it's not challenging. Yeah. You know, you can huff like anything... You can you can air? you can huff computer air. You know the computer air. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, compressed air. Compressed, I mean, yeah. not that I know yeah. or have experimented with, but you can huff anything. There's like a warning label on those things that says uh, contains a bitterant to um, oh, discourage uh, in- inhaling. Yeah. Why do people yeah. spend so much money on drugs when you can just go like, to can- the Home Depot? Get some copier toner. Yeah. Because cocaine doesn't have a warning label on it. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it's... Mi- same side effects without the warning label. Right. Did Bebo just I, grab a can of compressed... You're going to try it, Bebo? <laughs> uh, please do not. <laughs> do not. No, no, no. I'm going to read the... I want to see. I want to find see. the warning label. Well, I say you can do it, and Bebo instantly goes hunting for computer <laughs> air. There's got to be some in here. Yeah. First of all, I like, I like how you call it computer air. Like, like computers need a separate ca- air source yeah. to breathe. It's called dust destroyer. I see. It's destroyer. I don't think it... I think it just moves it. Yeah, it's, just it's, moves it's it. dust yeah. mover. <laughs> right. So you can breathe it in. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Huff the dust. That's right. what gets you high. Uh, that's that's the, our new brand. <laughs> Huff the dust. Huff yeah, we're going to start selling it here at the Hop Grenade. Huff the dust. Huff the dust. <laughs> that's a good name for a beer. It is a good beer and name. And the guys are addicted to you and call them dusters. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, dusters are in again. All right. So uh, we got a good show for you today. Let me get through some announcements for you. We're starting the planning of our Winter Brews Festival again. It's that time of year. Winter Brews Festival is going to be Saturday, January 24th. As always, it's the weekend in between the playoffs and the and the Super Bowl. And I learned last week that some other douchey fest is encroaching on our date. Tasty. Where? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where, yeah. where is this fest at? Yeah. Uh, in San Francisco. Uh-huh. But I think it's one of those big douchey ones that like all the <laughs> college kids go to and drink till they puke. And the brewers don't go to it. And so... Mm. Oh, Fort Mason event, you mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. So we're keeping our date. Fuck them. I oh, mean, no. yeah, I why see. couldn't they do me the courtesy of, you know, realizing we've been doing it on that date for six years? Although, I'll be honest, I've just been waiting for someone to smarten up and realize what a great date for a beer fest yeah. that is. Because yeah. it's it's in between those two busy weekends right. where people are looking for something to do. There's generally no beer fests for a month either direction. Yeah. So I've kind of just been waiting for this to happen. But we're going to do it anyway. 
Fuck them. Oh, yeah. Oh, we don't get that many people from San Francisco. Yeah. I th- and I think even in general, the ones we do, we get a different crowd at our yeah. fest. Yeah. The, we the get better, the, the, the better beer people. Yeah. Plus, we get all the brewers that come out and everything. So yeah. so we're keeping it. It's Saturday, January 24th. Um, believe it or not, tickets will uh, go on sale relatively quickly, probably right in the beginning of December. Uh, we did that last year as well to give everybody a chance to buy Christmas gifts. Plus, there's a little price b- break for buying early. Um, yeah, let's get to save the date to the brewers. That's what I worry about more than the customers. It's, save the dates going out this week. Yeah, because the brewers are the yeah. ones we want to make sure they come to this event, not the other one. Right. right. And I don't think that's going to be that hard. No, they'll want to come here. But if they, I, I mean, there's a, they send their lackeys to that one is what I think happens. You know, There's a few brewers that want to go to it because there's a bunch of good-looking people to look at. Yeah. But then they start throwing up on you, and it's no, nobody's it, it, oh, it's not uh, fun anymore. Something just came up. Well, I don't I've know got that. somewhere to be. I can't be at the Winter Brews. Yeah. Uh, well, they're saying brewers, not assistant brewers. Yeah. I said oh. lackeys go to the other one. Right. That's you, Beardy. Yeah. Oh. oh. You right. Dumb, dumb. Yeah. yeah, you are a dumb, dumb. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Some dust. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Give Beardy the can of air. Yeah. Yeah. Where's that bitter air? <laughs> it's in here. Yeah. Oh, directed is. at you. Some shit on it. All right. So brewers and uh, <laughs> attendees alike, save the date. Yeah, Saturday, January 24th, and we'll have more information for you. It's here. your two best friends getting married, beer and people. That's right. Yeah. At one place. Right. Are you going to make it this year, JP, or do you have another surgery? <laughs> if I don't, or... uh, if I don't uh, get cancer again, yeah. Haven't you missed like two years, or was it just last year? No, just year? last year. It was only because of cancer? It just cancer. seemed like yeah. he was gone. I still he, haven't he might not go just that. so he can yeah. get a big, uh, big card signed by everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where's JP? I don't know. I think yeah. he has cancer again. I think I was diagnosed like re- like around here. Taryn reminded me of that. And I was like, oh, oh around the time, yeah. Oh. Yeah, and she's like, you should probably like get your follow-up checkup that you're supposed to do six months ago. I'm like, oh, yeah. You haven't gotten your follow-up checkup, JP? I've been real busy, dude. No. Dude, you can't mess around with that. Yeah, BlizzCon it's was not, last weekend. I was yeah. going to ask you about that, actually. Well, it, the blood, it's the, it's like just so they can feel my neck and go, oh, everything's fine. I know everything's fine. I'm not concerned about that. <laughs> my blood test, I'm yeah. uh, like two months old. How, how fine did you feel a year ago? Right. Actually, I felt terrible a year ago, but I didn't oh. know it because uh, now I feel great. Oh, hmm. So comparatively, I felt... Like, I still would uh, like you to hurry great. up and get your blood test, JP. It's yeah, ridiculous. so would I. Let's so you spent your time out at, at, a, at a, a gaming convention instead of at the doctor? <laughs> Is this your priority list now? Well, the, the gaming... The BlizzCon ticket came up sooner than my uh, appointment would have for the doctor, so I feel like, <laughs> what am I going to do? I see. If the doctor was responsive, then, uh, you know, maybe yeah. things would change. Okay. Yeah. I see. We're just going to get his blood tested here at the show. Do it right. Yeah. <laughs> Can't, oh isn't Sam tra- a trained phlebotomist or something? Yeah. He can, yes, he is. We can get Sam to draw the blood for you right here on the show. I can do it. I mean, that's... And then what? And Doc now. Yeah. Oh, and then he, he would ma- slam the vial against the floor. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I did it, bitch! <laughs> he cursed the ground. He'd be like, oh, it's cancer. Like, <laughs> I can yeah. smell. Tastes I got a like drink. cancer. Yeah. <laughs> Sam's the cancer whisperer. He draws your blood, sniffs the vial, yeah, he huff, yeah, and he's huff. like, oh, yeah, your life is over. He'll huff it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Some weird voodoo shit. Burns it on a candle with some sage. Can you imagine if Sam's one skill was, was sniffing out cancer? It's like one of those dogs. Yeah. 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 Dog. He's used for everything else except he gets next to you oh you're dead yeah, oh shit <laughs> yes. he smells my body nice knowing you yeah <laughs> Sam's too nice to say it though he's probably known all this time he's like I can't tell him <laughs> write a note <laughs> write a note yeah oh boy I'm gonna write your diagnosis on this piece of paper <laughs> and slide it to you on this sticky note <laughs> alright um, 
What else? Oh, uh, we've got a big merchandise sale going on in our store right now. Plus, we have a bunch of new merch items. I don't know if you've looked at the store lately, but uh, since GABF, we put in a couple new hoodie designs. We've got some scarves in there. The hats have been restocked. There's a new T-shirt for the Brewing Network Homebrew Club. I don't know if you've seen that. It's a pretty cool shirt. Uh, it says, uh, the, uh, the Brewing Network, not a real club since 2005. That's right. Nice. So that's for our club members to wear at NHC this year. And Boom. rubbing everyone's face. That's right. Um, so go check it out. It's uh, thebrewingnetwork.com slash store. Plus, uh, some stuff's on sale for as low as like 8 bucks, which is uh, more than half off. So go check it out. Um, get yourself some new merch. You can also support us by shopping on Amazon. Just click the Amazon link on our homepage. It's not a banner. It's a big link right there in the middle of the page. You might have to scroll down if you've got a small screen. But uh, click the Amazon link, and then uh, we get a little piece of the action. You don't have to spend any more cash than you were going to anyway. Do we have an Amazon uh, product of the week? The Motorola Moto X second generation in black resin, the 16 gigabyte uh, model from the, uh, Verizon. The phone? Yeah, it's a phone. I, I included it because the uh, retail price was forty nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. and for I have no idea why we got fifty percent of that. We got twenty five bucks. Really? Yeah. I don't. I'm, I hope no one at Amazon is listening, and it's like a mistake or something. <laughs> but I don't quite understand. There's nothing else that we get even close to that. No, normally, it's somewhere around like seven or eight uh, percent, depending on the product, but. Fifty percent must be some deal with the phone companies. The I phone guess. companies isn't, give away; they subsidize everything. Isn't so. that a real old phone? <laughs> or maybe eh. that's why. They I mean, say. it's a smartphone. Maybe it's like a you know, it's, a, it's just not as smart as Mac. It's is it a suitcase phone? Is it one you have to wear around your shoulder? Yeah, like you, used you to carry have? the pack in one hand and the yeah. phone in the other. Yeah, yeah. I used no, to have one it, of those. it looks like I don't know, maybe a three, three or four year old smartphone. I have okay. no idea, but I. I Twenty five bucks. That's, that's great. A, that's a huge chunk of change. So thanks and thanks to Amazon and you know, God love you, Amazon. Not profitable yet, but uh, cutting your affiliates, big checks. How is it that they're not profitable? Is that true? Yeah, they've never been profitable. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. Blows my mind. How's up? How is it that the BN could be slightly profitable and Amazon can't figure that shit out? We are idiots over here, yeah. and we figured it out. I don't know. I, you know, people believe in them, and they uh, cannot uh, burn yeah. venture capital money fast enough. So, what do we know? Maybe it's just not yet. It hasn't happened yet. Okay. Wait, wait. We're profitable? Oh yeah. no! Did I say that? Yeah. I mean, oh. what the fuck? <laughs> well, I said barely. Christmas I think we made, doesn't matter. I can see it all now. Christmas. Bonus, I think we made five right? bucks last month in I think, profit. I think Tasty's oh. right. Christmas bonus, Tasty. <laughs> Jelly of the year, of oh, the month okay. club. Can't wait for the envelope. I take care of the bills. We made five bucks last month. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So we are profitable. It's a right. See, we're profitable. Yeah. How much did yeah. Amazon make? Nothing. No, right. they lost uh, money. <laughs> They're in the red. There we go. They probably give out bitter, bigger Christmas bonuses too. Oh, definitely. Even in the red. All right. Uh, subscribe and join the BN Army. That's also how you can support us. You know, all of our shows are free, but if you got a little extra change, you can sign up for as little as $2 a month, and uh, it just you become a recurring donor. It enters you into our monthly More Beer donation giveaway, which is a chance to win 100 bucks over to More Beer. We do the drawing every month. You get an email if you win, and um, it just helps us uh, stay afloat over here. You also get first dibs on things like VIP parties, the Brewing Network anniversary. Uh, I do think we're doing a VIP party at the Hop Grenade uh, ahead of Winterfest this year. Nice. Uh, so you get first dibs on all the things um, that we do before they sell out, because a lot of our stuff sells out pretty quickly nowadays. Uh, but if you're a recurring donor, you get the email first, plus our monthly email newsletter, which, believe it or not, goes out every single month and gives you the lowdown on what's happening. Yeah. You know, recently we've been doing Brewcaster profiles in our uh, monthly newsletter. I think Tasty was this month's featured Brewcaster. So go learn all about Tasty. Tasty. <laughs> 
as if you didn't <laughs> know already. Yeah. All right. Sign up and get all these updates and more over on Twitter. And Fibber. Uh, send your show ideas to Scott the Jew at Scott at TheBrewingNetwork.com and send feedback over to feedback at TheBrewingNetwork.com. It's amazing how many people don't know that yet. After nine and a half, or not nine and a half, but a couple of years. It's gotten 90% better. Has it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where do they send it? It's really feedback. gotten better. Show Everybody ideas. But, feedback. Still good feedback. Yeah. Yeah. but I think that people don't know. Um, See, even Beardy's so dumb. He, he doesn't figure know. It out. Beardy, you're done huffing computer air? <laughs> it's real good. You guys should try it. Today. I wonder if there's some dude somewhere bent over the back of his tower breathing in the fan air going, I don't get it. <laughs> Nothing's happening. It's just warm air. Yeah. Dusty warm air. It's computer air. All right, y'all know we went to Australia for the Australian National Homebrewers Conference, and part of doing that was a, a fundraiser we did where a lot of you, both American and Australian, and I think some others too, some Canadians and some Europeans, all helped donate to fund us to get there. And one of the donation levels was that you could assign something for us to say. Yeah. We would say anything <laughs> you oh. wanted on the air. Now, I'm surprised that more people didn't get involved in this. It was like an Easter egg or like a hidden Mickey. It's just, yeah. you, you know, you have to look for it, and then if you missed it, well, then you feel like a big dummy after you hear about it. Right. Yeah. This is how Kate, I, Kate and Taryn got you guys to propose. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. I whoa. was wondering why Kate and Taryn both donated to the Indiegogo campaign. <laughs> I haven't read through all, the, all of the live reads yet, but I was wondering shit. why that came up in my credit card statement. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... I think we only got a couple, and one of them was for JP to read out loud. Okay. So Scotty B. wrote in and donated. Scotty, thanks so much. As promised, here is your on-air shout-out from JP. I wept when Scotty B. couldn't be on Dr. Homebrew because he had to work. Not only is he a great brewer, but a great man as well. Say it more like you believe it just yeah. this time. Did he write this, or are you making it up? <clears throat> More like a story. Emotion. I wept when Scotty B couldn't be on Dr. Homebrew because he had to work. Not only is he a great man, but a great brewer as well. That's You're bad. making me cry. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. better. Yeah. And you started it's to do you, you started to get like a Woody Allen accent at the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's more like Christopher <laughs> Walken. Yeah, Christopher Walken, yeah. thank you. Yeah. It's like a Woody Allen meets Christopher Walken. <laughs> and I wept. <laughs> and I wept. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Scotty B. Couldn't be on Dr. Homebrew because he had the work. I don't know. Oh, really? That's what you donated for? That's what he donated for. That's what I'm saying. Like, even the ones that donated did not go as far as I thought they I would. Very tame. Um, so there you go, Scotty B. Thank you so much for your contribution. I saw the nearly final edit of our uh, Oz video today. Ah. Yeah, Push is almost done with our uh, BN on the road video. Yeah. And um, I'm hoping to get that out to you guys maybe by the end of the week so you can all see our trip and um, hopefully the Aussies can go find themselves in the video. There's a few Aussie cameos in there. But they all look exactly the same. All of them except for Pies because he's an Aborigine. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he's the one guy you can tell. The tallest Aborigine. <laughs> he is the tallest pygmy. I think there he's the go. fattest Aborigine because in general Aborigines aren't fat, right? They, they run too much. I, guess. Well, I don't think Pies has run in the last 20 years. He ran out of Pies. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what he ran. Who ate all the pygmies? Yeah. All right, so there you have it. Uh, that's your live read for today. I'm not sure that there are any more. Right. 
Uh, but we'll find out Estimate. in a couple of weeks. Uh, do we have a Twitter game? Yes. Beautiful. Twitter games brought to you today by our good friends over at Moonlight Meadery. My favorite meadery on the planet. Go to uh, Moonlight Mead and check them out. What's our Twitter game? Well, uh, I was thinking, I uh, met some uh, listeners uh, over the weekend, which is pretty weird. Um, but uh, it met some other family, and I, I, it got me thinking, if, if, the, if the listeners had to choose one of us to introduce to their family, oh. holidays are coming, all that kind of stuff, yeah. who would it be? And why? It's I want to know. It's a good question. Yeah. So if you had to introduce a brewcaster to a member of your family, who would it be? I, I think that and this. Why. I think that the and answer why. to this is going to be more revealing about their family right. than it is about us as a person. So far, that's that's pretty accurate. I'm getting a lot of response because I, I tweeted a few minutes ago. Uh, there's a lot of uh, you know. This is what, you know. I'm going to do introduce this person to this member of my family because my family has some weird deformity or something weird <laughs> like that. Okay, <laughs> makes sense to me. Yeah. All right. Let's do our feedback. That's our Twitter game. Our feedback is brought to you today by Beer Law Center. You can go to beerlawcenter.com and uh, check them out. They take great care of us and our trademark, the Hop Grenade, and they can help you too. And believe me, if you don't think that your uh, trademarks are important in this uh, beer environment, then you are sadly mistaken. Go to beerlawcenter.com and let John help you too. Short feedback today. Just a couple of things in here. Yeah, it was disappointing. Yeah. Well, I guess we got so much. That's uh, how great we did last week. Last week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, I, nothing to yeah, bitch about. Well, all right. I'm very nonplussed right yeah. now. Well, the one email we did get is about last week's show. Morgan writes in and says, hello, Brewcasters. While the interview with Mr. Buner on last show was certainly entertaining, I feel like he was just one bad mushroom experience away from extolling the magical healing properties of crystals and proposing <laughs> a grand unified theory centered on how The Matrix was actually a documentary. That's the you, he just read from the dust cover of his yeah, book. That's <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. So now this is interesting that you bring it up. When I read uh, Mr. Buner's uh, biography in the dust cover of the book, I too felt like it was going to be a creepy interview with a guy who was a little too far out there, even for me. And I'm pretty tolerant of hippies. Yeah. Um, but I actually felt that. He wasn't that out there at all, at least in the interview, and he wasn't really talking about things that were all that crazy. He was talking about unique ingredients and some unique ways to make beer, but I didn't actually feel that he was all that hippie-like. He wasn't. Maybe not, I not asked him. Interview. Yeah, maybe I didn't ask him the right questions. Right. I guess had I not had I asked him about things other than beer, maybe we would have found out his crystal future telling experiences or something, but... <laughs> We should ask about his drug intake. I think his wife uh, predicted, um, you know, uh, Terrence's baby. Oh, that's <clears throat> I don't know. Right. I'm just... uh, anyway, I thought it was still a great interview and not as far out there as I expected. So I think maybe I asked the wrong questions. <laughs> I, mean, I, I blame it's myself. Your, it's your fault. <laughs> so the only other email we got this week was for our spam of the week. However, it appears that our own. John Palmer is now sending spam to listeners? Yeah, well, you know, apparently the uh, metallurgy world is in a steep decline. So I have it in two versions. <laughs> apparently it was sent to one of our European listeners because I have it in German. Yeah. Should I read it in German? I think, yes, because there's a German <laughs> and, the, and then the, it's, uh, it's translated. So I, I feel like you should maybe translate it. For, no. Read in German first, and then uh, if you struggle, like we all hope I'm going to struggle. I'll get through a little bit of it. Yeah. Uh, Hallo, Galivant Würden Alin. Na? And then gives his email address. 
Ik ben John Palmer. Uit de Verenigde Staten heb ik tu jaar dorkenbracht vracht voor een lening om miest. Berdwef uit te breeden, maar ik pat... <laughs> Thank you. You yeah. sound Norwegian. Yeah, <laughs> I can't read any of it. The world's actually, angriest Norwegian. It I might, don't think it's German. I might be Dutch. Now that I'm reading yeah. it, it's not German. There's too many uh, double A's. Yeah, it's a Dutch. And Norse. Mar ik ben blish um see, and then I'm doing it with German pronunciation. You've got to soften it up big time. I have no idea how to even try to do a Pretend like you've you done a lot of nitrous and you can't really use your tongue a lot. Hey, there it is. <laughs> that's, that's the whole thing. That's great. All right, here it is in English. Hello, please send replies to Zoomily Group uh, at, <laughs> at yeah.net. Zoomily Group. I am John Palmer from the United States. I have spent two years requesting for a loan to expand my business, but I was unlucky. But I am happy to tell you that I finally received a loan of $300,000 within three days from Zoho Molly Group AS. Wow. I made a promise that after I get my loan, I will advertise Zoho Molly Group AS. And that is why I want you to also get a loan today. If you need a loan, send a loan amount to Zomali Group at yeah.net. Yeah. So I guess, I don't know, Palmer needed some cash. And he got it. Got a loan. And I like that all he has to do is send some emails. Hey, if you too would like a loan. Yeah. All you have to do is just say... Uh, you know, $10,000 and send it an email and you'll get it. That's perfect. Love it. And that is your uh, feedback for today. Feedback, of course, brought to you by BeerLawCenter.com. We could take a page out of uh, Amazon's book and, and get one of those loans and then, you know, dole out Christmas bonuses. And oh. and, and, and then what we'll do is we'll just keep getting loans from that Zoali group or whatever. It's and the, and you, that's, that's, that's it. That's our business model. It is yeah. the American way. So I think it's the Greek way. Is it? I don't know. It's much, oh. much more, much more Greek. Do you, yeah. want, it, do you want it to be the Greek way? <laughs> Americans are, uh, you know, they're doing fine. Their country's not in default yet. It isn't? Oh, yeah. Their country. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You people. Those countries. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then just before the break, um, hey, Beardy, let yeah. me ask you a question. All right. Are you getting enough? Enough what? I bet you'd love more, right? Sure. <laughs> Uh, well, AdamandEve.com wants it. to give you more, Beardy. <laughs> All right. With 10 free gifts. That's right, Beardy. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Ooh, Second, a I'm specialty a selected uh, toy for him. And <sighs> third, Wait. a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Wait, if Beardy's going to get something for him, who's the third guy? Who's the third person? <laughs> well, Beardy has something for him. Why does he even need her? Right. No. You guys are confusing <laughs> yeah, me. I, I, got him. My, I got my toy. What does she need one for? <laughs> <laughs> or no, he. I got mine, girl. <laughs> he gets his toy. What do you get? Plus, you'll get six oh, full-length adult movies on DVD. And then number 10, free shipping on your order. So what do you have to do to get your 10 free gifts, Beardy? Oh, there's work involved? It's not hard. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> right, Jim? <laughs> Thank you. Who's Jim? Go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, sexy piece of lingerie, or anything else you desire. That's right. We're not joking here. Just enter coupon code BNARMY at checkout. That's B-N-A-R-M-Y at checkout, and you'll get 10 free gifts. That's right, 10. Go check out adamneve.com today. Select one item, 10 free gifts, including free shipping when you enter coupon code B-N-A-R-M-Y at adamandeve.com. You know what we need is explosions for that. Yeah. Are you That's- getting enough? It's <laughs> a good idea. Yeah. Uh, Push Eject, please get on the explosion <laughs> soundtrack for my Adam and Eve copy 
for next week. And then I will proceed to never play it. That's right. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. All right. We're going to take us a uh, very quick break. When we come back, Drew Beecham and Denny Kahn talking about their new book, Experimental Home Brewing. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to MoreBeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Saka JP. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishev, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read your way to better homebrew. 
Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like pub discounts that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymergy Magazine and eZymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love. And access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join right now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging out with us. We got a lot to do today. Did I tell you that we're tasting the Just Add Water beer tonight on the program? No. Yeah. Are we going to yeah. do a blind tasting so we'll have a real beer uh, and that wind of it? Yeah. We can pick. We're yes. going to do a warren tasting. Yes. Right. We're going to do a warren tasting. Even playing field. <sighs> yeah. And um, you guys are going to taste. Warm? Yeah, later in the program. Speaking of experimental brewing, we're going to try to <laughs> yeah. just add water beer. Is uh, it carbonated water? It's, uh, or just yeah, you got to add carbonated water. Yeah. Which I didn't think about. Uh, Moscow figured that out. I, I just thought maybe somehow magically it would also be carbonated. You <laughs> yeah. know how like you have to add carbonated. Yeah. Well, remember those, those? I mean, Alka Seltzer. Yeah. yeah. How are you a successful but, human uh, being? <laughs> Who, say, who says he is? Right. Yeah, exactly right. Oh, he's barely, a good point. I don't, I don't understand the basis of the question. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. In the meantime, as we get ready for that little experiment later on, we've got the authors of Experimental Homebrewing, Drew Beecham and Denny Kahn on the program. Drew, are you with us? I am indeed. You sound great as usual and handsome, Drew. Thank you. You're welcome. Checks in the mail. Okay. And uh, Denny Kahn's on the line as well. How are you, Denny? I am just great, Justin. The drugs are just starting to take effect. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you wouldn't come on this show unprepared, Denny. Right. 
I mean blood pressure medication. Oh, what of course. I no, I knew exactly what you meant. <laughs> He's so angry already about his interview. He needs to calm down. <laughs> Denny, last week on the program, we had author Stephen Buner on. Are you familiar with Stephen at all? Uh, you know, I'm ashamed to say I'm not. He wrote a book, which... Uh, Sacred... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Sacred and Healing Beers. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely familiar with the book. So we, in looking at, you know, he sent his bio, and in looking at his picture, we all thought that he was like your long-lost brother. Uh, then he gets on the program, and he sounds like you, too, like his voice is similar to Denny. But I, but rest assured, he is far crazier than you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least in some ways. Right, exactly right. Um, so experimental homebrewing is what you boys are here to talk about, uh, which just came out last week, right? Yes. Okay. Well, as always, before we dive right into it, I like to get a little background and see what you guys have been up to. And, and Drew, you're a busy guy uh, all the time. So uh, what's been going on in your life since we last spoke to you? Just the writing of this book? Well, death, murder, mayhem, the trial's coming up. I don't know. <laughs> He's not on bail. He's uh, right. I thought you're not allowed to talk about it. I hope we're not violating your probation by this show. I don't know. The uh, the anklet's uh, beeping. Is that a problem? <laughs> yeah. Certain websites, when you visit them, the anklet starts beeping. Yeah. Only when it starts vibrating should you worry. Yeah. Good. Thanks, JP. You're welcome. <laughs> How long have you been writing this book with, with Denny, Drew? Uh, I think uh, we spent a year uh, writing the, the book. It started in last March. So uh, you guys remember last year I released a book on cider. Yeah. And uh, I was writing that book actually when uh, the publisher of this book came up to me and said, hey, you know, we want to, we want you to write a book about experimental homebrewing. And I, I was kind of like, I'm in the middle of writing a book and that's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's crazier than I am. I was already and, in the middle of writing the 25 largest things in cider. Yeah, exactly. I'm busy. I was number um, twenty six. <laughs> yeah, but, almost. Uh, you know, and so when they uh, they came to me, I said, "Well, you know, I'm super busy right now, but I'd be more than happy to help co-author the book." And I know there's this crazy hippie who lives somewhere in the woods in the middle of some state called Oregon mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that he he's been looking to write something, and I think it'd be perfect. So, and then that guy sent you Denny's contact information. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he said he had already written a book, something about herbal and sacred healing. Years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the gov- uh, government didn't approve of like, writing more than one book. I don't know. So the publisher came to you with the topic they wanted. Is that common? Um, yeah, sometimes. I mean, like particularly with uh, a publisher that's trying to uh, move into a market or or kind of expand their hold in the market. So the group that we're working with, they had previously published uh, Extreme Homebrewing, oh. uh, the Sam Caligione book with a bunch it's of recipes great. in it. And they came, they came to us, or they came to me, and they were like, "Yeah, no, we're thinking about doing something like this, and you'd be perfect. You know, could you plan something?" So, excellent. And uh, Denny, had you written a book before uh, of this nature? Uh, no, no, I'd uh, I'd pitched a few, but nothing had ever come about. So I, this was uh, this was the first for me. But uh, it, it was kind of great because you know they they came to Drew for the the wild and wacky stuff, um, and you know, and when we started talking about it, we decided, well, you know, there there's really no way you can out Randy Randy, <laughs> right? So, Mosier, uh, yeah. What we decided we would do is like take experimental like both sides of the coin and besides the all the all the crazy shit that we would also um put a little bit of not too painful science into it got it 
So science that maybe even I could understand? Can we? Well, well Jeff, I know you, so it's hard to say. <laughs> I'm just going to have to read the book and so find yeah, out. There's right. lots of pictures in the book, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, Justin, you'll have to skip chapters 1 through two, uh, all, all the way to 13. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I'll just get somebody uh, to slow down it's and got, read it. You know what, though, Justin? It is the only homebrewing book ever with a picture of a goat drinking beer, and I think you'd appreciate it. <laughs> I do appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. In fact, you just sold me on it. I'm going to go buy it. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> uh, folks at home, just so you know, if you want to go check it out, you can go to experimentalbrew.com right now and check it out. There's some reviews of the book up already and um, some other interviews with the guys, too, uh, since you guys have been working on this um, you know, for a little while. So, Drew, you mentioned that you were, uh, you were pretty busy and, and willing to co-author. So... What does that mean exactly? Does that mean you go to Denny and say, "Look, I, I really need you to write it, and I'll I'll give you a hand here and there"? Well, I think that's uh, like the the initial idea was, okay, look, I'm going to be done with the cider book in a month, but they they're really hot to trot and they want to go. Uh, and I said, well, why don't we sit down? Why don't we plan something? And the the original publishing contract, I think, called for us to start writing in March and have it done by the end of June. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Denny was going to run off and start writing because he was getting ready to retire from his job and needed something to keep him uh, keep himself occupied. Right. And um, I was going to provide sort of my expertise and then come in and backfill where I could. And uh, yeah, the June deadline came and went, and then the, uh, there was a August deadline, and then a November deadline, and then a January <laughs> deadline, and finally in March they're like, no, seriously, deadline. Okay. We were a year past the drop dead. It's got to be done now. Deadline. That, that I have to be honest that it seems like that would be commonplace in in the writing world. That deadlines are. I don't mean to call them meaningless, but this might, this can't be the first Fungible time this has happened. Is the term. Fungible. There you go. But in other yeah. words, you guys weren't necessarily getting yelled at for this. This is expected. <laughs> uh, we were getting yelled at a lot. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, I think we once we crossed nine months, it was like, come on. Okay. All right. Yeah. But uh, I, uh, there is a certain uh, expectation, particularly like if you're not a full-time writer, that deadlines are uh, wonderful suggestions of what you would like to see. Okay. I see. Well, that makes sense, too. Now, w- w- let me ask you guys this. From a, there's a lot of homebrewers out there with a good deal of knowledge to share. What's difficult about writing a book of this nature? Because I think there's probably some other people that could do it and give us some, some good words of wisdom, too, right? So give me some of the trials and tribulations. I mean, I think from my point of view, the uh, the hardest part about it is just trying to find the the narrative. Uh, and I know it sounds insane to say there's a narrative to a book like this, you know, since it's a, a how-to book. But mm-hmm. really, the the biggest struggle was for us sitting down and trying to find, okay, what's the sensible flow here? How how does this work? How do we build this this story that we're trying to tell people? And uh, I think literally we spent, or I should say, I spent, you know. A, good portion of the time farting around trying to figure that out. Yeah, and I, and I, I really want to give Drew a lot of credit for that. He is really great uh, about that kind of thing. I, I kind of tend to write like a lawyer, and I send it off to him, and it comes back, and it's like, holy shit, I sound good. <laughs> <laughs> because you still have to move from, from point A to point B in an entertaining way. Is that where this narrative has to come in? Yeah, and it has to, and it has to make sense. Yeah, uh, you, you 
you start to see like when you're first sitting down to write one of these things, you got, I've got all these ideas. I want to do this and this and this and this and this. And, and it's very easy to just kind of, you know, vomit words onto a page and go, I wrote a book. Um, the, the hard part is to figure out, okay, now how do I, how do I structure all this so that it, it works and it works together? Um, and so uh, part of that uh, part of that came from Denny. Part of that came from me. And actually, as as much fun as we've been making uh, making of our uh, publishing house, uh, our editor for the book, a guy named Tom, uh, also really stepped up and did uh, did a hell of a job with that. Beautiful. Yeah, really. We uh, we decided early on that we wanted this to kind of be like a dialogue, you know, like like we're sitting here talking to you. So there's a. A lot of back and forth in the book, uh, a lot of name-calling, a lot of you know, <laughs> don't brew like my brother kind of stuff. Um, nice. And um, our editor, fortunately, was able to see what we were going for and uh, make sense of what we were doing and, and, best of all, left it in there. And uh, I, I think that it makes for a, a real entertaining read. Uh, I mean, you know... Uh, Palmer called it whimsical yet authoritative. What more do you need? <laughs> that sounds, you know what? That sounds like both of your personalities, actually. Whimsical yet authoritative. Yeah. Who's who? <laughs> They're both. Each of them is both. Oh, shit. Yeah. Was your, uh, was your editor Tom, was he a home brewer? Yeah, actually. And that, uh, I will tell you what, that was amazing to me. Uh, I've done four books now, and this is the first time I've had an editor who was a home brewer. It, se- it seems like a necessity almost, doesn't it? I mean, how did you get along all this time? I mean, how do you even know what to edit if you don't even know what the author's talking about? Hmm. Well, I don't know if it's a necessity, but it, it, it definitely was helpful. And Tom was also familiar with both Drew and me from, you know, the Internet and other stuff that we'd written. And it, it, I mean, it was really a great team between the three of us. So you've talked to us a little bit about how the book is is delivered. Give me the real premise of of the book. Am I just reading through experiment after experiment that you guys pulled out of a hat, or how did you put it together? And what's the real premise? Well, I think the way that we, the way that we have run around pitching it, uh, and it's kind of poignant uh, given the news of last week, is uh, the the whole book is structured as if though Mister Wizard went down to the local pub with a click and clack of car talk. And had a couple pints. <laughs> Got it. Okay. And so again, you know, it is that sort of whimsical thing where we we walk through. Uh, we did our best to avoid. You know, here's how you brew, but we walked people through. Okay, this is what a brew day looks like for us. This is how we brew. This is what we brew on. Uh, these are ingredients that we've played with. These are ingredients that you can play with. These are you know techniques. Uh, and then finally, in the uh, in the last part of the book is where we get to the other side where we really start to tell you. Uh, here's how you actually taste things. Uh, here's here's how you do this objectively, or at least as, as objectively as you can. Uh, like for instance, what you guys were talking about just before we came on uh, with the uh, instant beer and doing the the kind of the comparison tasting. Yeah. Right. Um, that same sort of stuff. Uh, there's actually some math in there. Uh, one of my favorite little pieces that we discovered was about some beer math. Uh, and then yeah, then there's a whole segment that's devoted to, you know, experiments that you can do at home and that you can come back to experimentalbrew.com and report on your results. And we can actually build up, a, you know, what we've kind of referred to as either kitchen science or or sloppy citizen science, uh, and come up with conclusions that are actually applicable to the homebrewers. Yeah, what we really didn't do in this book is tell you how to brew. 
there, there are lots and lots of books that do that. Um, and so what we did was kind of like tell you about a lot of different ways you can brew and a lot of different ingredients you can use and how you can go about experimenting with all that kind of stuff to find out what works for, for you because no, no two people have exactly the same needs and wants when you're brewing. Um, I mean, it's a hobby, after all, and it's got to be fun. So you should figure out for yourself what's fun and not do something just because somebody told you you should. Oh, thank God. Right? Well, <laughs> that's why I started huffing computer air. Because <laughs> it seemed fun. Yeah. Well, someone told me it was fun. And I'm like, I forget where. Some podcaster heard it. And yeah. I was like, well, this isn't very fun. If you guys are like uh, the guys on Car Talk, which one of you is the dead one? That would be me. Okay. Yeah. Is one of them dead now? Yeah. yeah one of them bought the farm. Died oh. last week. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. That's the news yeah. he was referring yeah, to. Yeah, he came back from Hong Kong with a cough. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> what a bummer. Yeah. I guess. If you're yeah. into cars, yeah. you're kind of screwed. They were good. He's a radio legend. They were a good broadcaster. Oh, yeah. yeah. I liked him. Oh, that's sad news. Now, the the list of experiments and, and the ingredients that you talk about and you know the different premises of the book... Did you guys have to sit down and come up with this stuff, or was it already in your personal brewing repertoire? Yeah, well, some of, some of it was. Some of each, okay. Yeah, yeah. and we uh, once we actually got the idea, and we and we went, aha! We had that little <laughs> eureka moment. Uh, uh, we just kind of had this giant shared document in a Dropbox folder someplace, and every time we thought of something, it was like, you know, more stuff going in, and, and finally after a couple of weeks, it was like, okay, we got to stop, and we got to actually organize this now. Got yeah. it. Yeah, Drew had this crazy mind diagramming program, so, like, we'd throw ideas into that and, and kind of, like, see what led to what, but, uh, I mean, and, but a lot of it was, you know, stuff that, that we have learned over the years and we wanted to talk about, and ask people to, to check out what we found and see if they did, too. Did you have to revisit some of these things that you already knew and, for example, brew again to make sure that your, you know, your memory served you correctly? Well, Denny doesn't have much of a memory. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you brewed everything it's twice. that blood pressure now, medication. What were we talking about? <laughs> right. Um, now, um, you know, uh, some of the stuff, some of my early experiments are I, I documented pretty well. So, you know, I, that I didn't really have to do. But there was, there was other stuff as we went through. There was a lot of research going on on different areas. Okay. Uh, I, well, and I think one of the great things in the book is uh, Denny had a, a really great uh, – tasting example uh, and we could actually teach people by what you know, what he did including uh, what was done less than perfectly and what could be uh, done to improve it so there's actual like real practical experience in there uh, guiding a lot of that stuff can you elaborate on what the tasting example is Denny uh, it was <laughs> take it um, uh, years ago I did a uh, an experiment to compare the effects of uh, First word hopping to 60-minute hops. Um, split word, uh, same amount of the same hops, except one was done as a first word hop edition. The other one was done as a 60-minute edition. Uh, beers were fermented. I sent some down to uh, Jamil, and he put together a tasting panel down there. And I put together a panel up here. And we did a blind triangle tasting of the beers. And... 
you know, the way that the blind triangle works is that you're given three beers, two of which are the same, one's different, and the first round objective is to pick out the beer that's different. Uh, if you can't do that, then that means that either there is no really significant difference or you can't tell the difference. Um, at any rate, uh, if you can't pick out the different beer, you don't go on to the to the next round. Okay. Because you suck. Yeah. Well, whether you suck or not is not not the question. So we give them a, a set of questions for each round to answer. And this, so there's just examples of how all this was done in the book. And I discuss how the results came out and what went right, what went wrong, how it could be done better so that hopefully people can learn from my experience. I like the triangle taste test, and we've not done one here on the yeah. show before, but I think it was maybe Jamil who brought it up to us in the past as well. We might have to do the triangle test tonight with the Add Water Beer and figure you that know, out. You know, it's really the only way to do it, uh, to, to be certain, you know. Other than that, it's like flipping a coin. Yeah. Now, I'd like people to read the book to find out the results of Denny's particular triangle test experiment with first wort hopping. However, tasty. Since first wort hopping is something mm. you're quite familiar with, what so you're you, going to say mash hopping. What do you predict the uh, results were of his test? Could oh. people taste the difference in uh, a first wort hopped beer and a, uh, I guess, normally hopped beer, for lack yeah, of a better? I, I think term. they would be able to test, uh, yeah. taste it. Yeah, be a little softer, a little more less edge, less uh, less hop bite. You think you'd have to yeah. be kind of a, a, an experienced palate oh, yeah, or, or a beer judge, though? Yeah, you'd have to, yeah, you'd have, to have, have uh, thought about that, that aspect of, uh, uh, of know, bitterness before. Okay. And I should, I should mention that, uh, as I recall, Jamil's panel down there had at least one master, BJCP master, on it. Okay. And the one up here that I put together had, like, super experienced home brewers, uh, BJCP certified and above, and commercial brewers. Okay, excellent. But but before we let everybody run around thinking that, oh, you have to have all that artillery in order to do a tasting panel, uh, you really don't. Um, Breweries themselves, you know, usually will do it with, you know, non-trained testers so that they can, you know, get the Joe Average opinion. Right. Yeah, I mean, what's your target audience? Master home, master BGCP judges and commercial brewers, or just you know regular average Joes? Dust yeah, covers. I, mean, I think I think your target audience is everybody and and yourself. You know, um, I mean, basically, no matter what you're doing in in home brewing, it's to make a beer that people like drinking better. And if you're putting out effort that isn't paying off with that result, then you're wasting your time. And that's, that's a lot of what we try to get across in this book is a reason to do the experiments because, I mean, why, why do something that isn't going to pay off in better beer? My mantra when I'm brewing is the best beer possible with the least effort possible while having the best time possible. It's my life uh, motto, I think. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. I've been living wrong this whole time. I know, and this is why Denny has been my hero since 2005. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Denny, are you – I know Drew mentioned it earlier. I just wanted to double-check. You are officially retired now as well, right? Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm retired – 
from from the showbiz job that I had for so many years, it turns out that this book gig is a whole different thing. <laughs> right. I, uh, I just got back from uh, being the guest speaker at the Music City Brew Off in Nashville. Had a great time. Those people are really, really nice people. Took really good care of me. Ran a great competition. Awesome. Beautiful city. Nashville's great. Yeah, and it looks like... Uh, in May, I'm going with uh, uh, Jamil and Michael Tonsmeyer down to Brazil to uh, speak at the Brazilian National Homebrew Conference. Beautiful. Well, see, that, that's, that's, the, that's the fun work that you want. Yeah, man, let me tell you, it beats loading a semi for some band you'll never hear of again at 2 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, Ian, are you listening? <laughs> All right, well, let me do this, uh, Denny. I'm going to get us to a break really quick. Um, I disconnected Drew here, but uh, we'll get him connected again at the break. When we come back, I'd like to talk about a few more of the specific experiments in the book, if you don't mind. Sure thing. All right. So let's do this. We'll take us a quick break here. We'll be right back with uh, Drew Beecham and Denny Khan. If you've got questions, 888-401-BEER, or just send them over to Bevo in the chat room, and we'll ask the guys for you. Hang in there. It's the session, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on The Brewing Network. Have you ever dreamed of attending the World Brewing Academy? This year, thanks to Lalamond and Anstar, one lucky brewer will make that dream a reality for free. Lalamond and Danstar invite you to enter the Beer School 2015 contest. One lucky grand prize winner will receive fully paid tuition to the 2015 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth almost $4,000. From now until December 13, 2014, every Danstar yeast pack you use is your ticket to enter. Visit danstaryeast.com for the details and to print your official entry form. There's no limit on the number of times you can enter. So get brewing with Danstar and get your entries in to the Danstar 2015 Beer School Contest. Whether you want to build your home brewing skills or build a career as a professional brewer, this course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Enter at danstaryeast.com and get the dry yeast advantage with Danstar and Lalamond Premium Brewing Yeast and enter to win. BN Army, I'm here to talk seriously for a second. You all are partially responsible for something explosive, and it's time you answer for it. Moonlight Meadery is exploding. Yeah, exploding across the country. Wait, they just landed in Australia with insane quality meads. With nearly 70 different varieties of mead on the market, Moonlight Meadery has blown up the mead category and completely reinvented it. Seriously? What? Seriously. What? You're paying money for that watered-down mead when you could have a Moonlight Mead? Moonlight Meads explode with quality and flavor. They're a party in a bottle. Did someone say party? If you want mead and want the best, you want meads from Moonlight Meadery and will accept nothing less. And now get 15% off by going to MoonlightMeadery.com forward slash BNArmy and use coupon code BNArmy at checkout. Hey, sign me up for that party. What'd you get? 
more brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I mean, yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh yeah. Brewmasters Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at Brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmasters Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit Brewmasterswarehouse.com today. Because it's totally hot. Oh yeah. A few things happened 30 years ago. Arfanet migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit at the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com From the stovetop to a camp burner to some kind of brew stand. Most homebrewers follow some version of this progression. With each move, a homebrewer will often have to change a lot, if not all, of their equipment. Until now. Blickman Engineering brings you the top-tier brewing stand. The only brewing stand that grows with you. For example, buy a top-tier floor-standing burner now, and it'll bolt right to your top-tier brewing stand when you're ready for all-grain brewing. The top-tier brewing stand is perfect for 5-gallon to 20-gallon batch sizes. Its modular design is adjustable and accommodates everything from small footprint coolers up to 30-gallon pots. How does the top-tier brewing stand do it? At its core is a strong, heat-treated, and anodized aluminum main post. On all four sides are built-in T-slots for the adjustable heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves and beefy burner tiers. The tiers accommodate any manufacturer's pots or coolers up to 21 inches in diameter. Best of all, not only does the top-tier brewing stand grow with your skills and equipment, but it easily knocks down for long-term storage or transport, too. The top-tier brewing stand from Blickman Engineering. Learn more at BlickmanEngineering.com and to find a local Blickman retailer. And start brewing from the top tier. 888-401 Beer. It's time to talk beer and chew bubble gum. And we're all out of gum. The session. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for sticking with us. We've got a little bit more to do here with Drew and Denny from Experimental Homebrewing. Plus, we've got our Just Add Water beer to taste a little bit later in the program also. The Pale Rail. There it's we go. Oh, yeah. cold water. The Pale, pale Rail. rail. Pale Rail. And nice. we'll you, Sounds so like a bar. We'll Sounds like a what? strip club. <laughs> right. We'll get two other uh, two other Pale Ales to try with it. Is yeah. that it? you got to do a, a, a The try test. Yeah. yeah, the triangle test. That's well, right. Well, it's one Pale uh, It's two beers in, in three glasses. 
We'll have Drew teach us in a second. Make sure we get it right. But before we do that, let me uh, remind you about the Siebel Institute of Technology. That's right, America's oldest brewing school. So not just reading books over here, but also getting some formal training. They've got more courses than any other brewing school. Uh, courses also include uh, things like the advanced home brewing course. So you can do it just as a home brewer, uh, even if you're not looking to go pro. But then they've also got, uh, of course, pro courses, craft distilling courses, and beer styles courses. Courses for those looking to ace beer knowledge exams, professional level brewing courses available both campus based and web based, so you can do it from home as well. Faculty includes some of the best known and most respected instructors in international brewing. You can learn all about it over at SiebelInstitute.com. Get the information and get educated, and then make us some better beer, please. <laughs> I'm always looking for better beer, so let Siebel help you do it. I know a couple people going through that course right now. Oh yeah, yeah, they really like it. Good, yeah, it's good stuff. All right, Drew, you back with us? Yes, I am. There we go. And Denny's still there, I'm sure. You betcha. Excellent. Um, so, guys, before the break, I was thinking that I really wanted to talk about some of the specific experiments that you guys did. Um, and maybe some of the more challenging or, or, or wacky ones. Does anything come to mind? Well, I think my favorite in terms of uh, just the whole uh internet thing you know like homebrewers getting obsessed with an idea and chasing it down yeah um is the olive oil instead of aeration one yeah oh my lord yeah this is like this is now the stuff of lore this one yeah uh, so uh, to establish for anybody who doesn't know uh new belgium uh, a couple of years back they uh, there was a, p- a paper published by a guy named grady hull uh as part of his uh thesis on the idea of using olive oil uh, for uh, yeast health preservation instead of using oxygenation and whether or not they could use that to avoid adding oxygen to the beer and therefore reduce a possible oxidation path uh, you know, or a possible source of dissolved oxygen in the beer as it goes forward to packaging. And so homebrewers being homebrewers picked up on this because it was like, oh, my God, you can use a pinhead drop of olive oil to replace all the sterols that – uh, that the yeast need in order to build strong walls, and therefore, you know, you don't have to waste all your money on an oxygen kit or go to the store, uh, go to the hardware store and pick up those little red tanks. Right. Uh, and you because know, damn it, a liter of olive oil is really cheap, and those red tanks cost five bucks. And Denny, uh, uh, Denny, I had you turned down. I'm sorry. Uh, you were yeah, trying to jump well, in there we too. Did, we did what it appears that no other homebrewers ever thought to do before, and contacted Grady Hall about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, God forbid you get real facts out yeah, of this internet you know, thing. And so, so, you know, I pretty much said to Grady, uh, so what about the idea of using olive oil in place of aeration when you pitch your yeast? And it's like, I have no idea. We've never tried that. Our whole test was about using it for yeast storage, mm-hmm. and it wasn't all that successful, and we abandoned it. That's what that's what a lot of people don't understand is that it it was a it was theoretical, yeah, and then they ended up not doing it. Sometimes yeah. sometimes you have to read until the end of the article. Well, yeah, it's you know, <laughs> well, uh, you know the first they, sentence is they, way they, more interesting. Yeah. yeah, they tried it, but they didn't really get uh, get very good results with it, and so they abandoned the whole idea. But again, it's like Drew said, homebrewers just love to jump to that conclusion. So, you know, and that's one thing you can try yourself. I have seen, since that whole thing came out, I have seen one good experiment at the homebrew level by a guy named Vance Barnes, who checked out using olive oil and did a pretty darn 
well-controlled experiment, and his club pretty much preferred the non-olive oil beer, you know? So is this what you've done in the book, for example, is not do the experiment for us, but lay out uh, how to properly experiment with this? Am I getting that, that right? That's definitely part of it, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and it really does just come down to the idea of, like, uh, the experiment that we actually put in the book is, all right, look, you know, I will, I will bet you good money that you can make the same beer, one, uh, one part get uh, dosed with olive oil, the other part dosed with no oxygen, no nothing. And uh, at the end of the day, your tasters won't be able to tell the difference. Okay. Uh, that adding olive oil is no better than adding no oxygen. Um, and part of it is that, you know, it turns out that in order to get that olive oil to actually dissolve into the beer so that the yeast can actually uptake it and actually get them to uptake it before they start the whole fermentation cycle is nigh on impossible. Can you dissolve them in oxygen? Well, the, the, well, the, the, real, thing, <laughs> the real thing here is dissolve in, in ethanol. <laughs> So dissolve it, uh, dissolve it in vodka, get it in there, but you're still you're still going to have an issue getting the yeast to uptake it fast enough. I mean, and that that particular experiment is in the the more editorial section of the book. The entire <laughs> last chapter, though, is experiments that we give you to figure stuff out for yourself, uh, rather than telling you what to do and what will happen. Uh, for instance, the very first experiment is about step mashing. We don't tell you that step mashing is going to do this or that or the other. We tell you to try doing this, try doing that, and then use these evaluation techniques and decide for yourself. Uh, as we used to say back in the 60s, make your own reality. <laughs> <laughs> one one wow. blotter sheet at a time. <laughs> yeah. Is that experiment in the bucket? <laughs> it's, it's ongoing, man. Yeah. You can't publish life, bro. <laughs> It's, it's in whatever book you want it to be in. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but so, but there, so anyways, uh, the last chapters are experiments you can do, like, uh, in the mash, in the boil, during fermentation, during packaging, and decide for yourself what's going to work. But there are some really, really cool experimental techniques in there uh, also, uh, my favorite of which is Drew's 10-second tincture technique. Which is, Drew? Uh, it's a, a, a trick that I learned from you know, all those people who do uh, molecular gastronomy, you know, the fancy pants stuff yeah. that you pay $900 for. Um, and it takes a stainless steel whipping siphon, you know, the same thing that you go to your local uh, coffee shop and get whipped cream on your on your coffee, it, one of those, right? Okay. And all it is is it's a canister that's designed to take you know some sort of liquid and a gas cartridge, usually nitrous, uh, and you know, pressurize everything and then foam it, right? So what it turns out you can do is you can take vodka, you can take some substance that you want to extract from, like uh, I did an example of this at the NHC with um, chai masala. With you know, chai, and, right? I remember you made me take, or not made me, but you asked me to taste it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I twisted your arm. Yes. Um, Here, Vivo, taste this. <laughs> Here, taste this. You, you know, I, mean, I, I, I give you credit, the fact that you're willing to take a drink from a strange man who just offered you a cup. She's a weird broad. Yeah, she yeah. is. I'm not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you basically you pour the vodka in. You put your, uh, in this case, like I said, chai masala. Uh, you close it all up, and then you crack uh, two nitrous canisters into it, you know, the two of the little whippets. And, uh, by the way, this is what you actually are supposed to do with those and not breathe them in. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Because so 
far, my problem with the experiment is the nitrous going anywhere but my lungs. Yeah, you treat I, it like I computer. I was waiting for that part. <laughs> Um, well, so after, after you crack the nitrous in there, you shake it for a couple seconds, you let it sit, and then uh, you release all the pressure at once. Into you know, your you lungs. You just pull down on the lever, you release it, and at that point in time, if you want to, you can go ahead and suck in the nitrous as it's coming off the, the canister. <laughs> Thank you, Drew. <laughs> no problem. I, I, no I, waste I, involved. I believe, <laughs> no. I believe in recycling. I prefer to live like the Native Americans and recycle every part of the tincture. <laughs> yeah, I can admire that. <laughs> In your yurt. Yeah. Yeah. So after you after you drop all the pressure out, you just open the thing up uh, and you pour it through a strainer and like you know if you're really uh, specific about it, you know like a coffee filter. And uh, what you get is in ten seconds you go from vodka. And a bunch of tea to a tea-infused vodka. I don't. Uh, this isn't a joke. I don't understand what the nitrous does. Why, why do yeah, you? Yeah, chemically, part? what happens? So uh, what's it happening is you know, those cartridges wow. raise the pressure inside the the stainless steel siphon. Uh, I think it's to something like 14 atmospheres. So okay. it's it's really incredibly high. Wow. And what that does is it causes the vodka or the ethanol really to infuse into the into the substrate. In this case, the the tea and the spices. Um, so the nitrous forces everything in, and then when you you do the shaking, you mix it up, and then when you release the pressure all at once, you induce cavitation, and the cavitation is both the mechanical action of the spices and the vodka kind of getting violently swirled around by the release of all this gas, but it's also cavitation inside the cells of the substrate itself, mm-hmm. and that, that basically causes it to break loose. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah, and you just lost Justin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I can see uh, JP's eyes glazing over. You yeah. <laughs> lost us both at nitrous. Hey, and I, but okay, but now, now for the comic relief bit, the uh, Go Drinking Beer is on page 207. Everybody write it down for when you get your book. Yeah, okay. I'm on page 90. Uh, you're already in there, huh, Tasty? Yeah, uh, boy. Uh, how about a couple questions from the chat room, guys, uh, of course, about the book. Um, here's one from Thud Monkey, who wants to know... Uh, <laughs> Thud monkey. Yeah. What are the most unexpected, or did, did you have a most unexpected outcome um, for any of your experimental brews? I'm trying to think. Um, I I would say that when I made my wee shroomy, the, the, uh, the unexpected outcome was it was fucking good. <laughs> I remember talking to you and somebody else about this, Denny. Annie Johnson. Oh, yeah, Annie yes. Johnson. And we were all surprised that it would be good. Yeah, it's astounding. As a matter of fact, this Friday I'm going out mushroom hunting for the first time this year. Hopefully, get ready for the next batch. Nice. Now yeah, I, I noticed he edited that earlier today when he told me that he's like, "I'm going to go shrooming." And, I, I <laughs> and you're that, like, "Wow!" Had changed for him since the '60s. Guess I won't be talking to you for six hours. <laughs> uh, shroom hunting, a shroom flame. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, speaking of recipes like that, like your shrooming recipe, uh, I read in my notes here, uh, <laughs> Denny, that uh, that Drew just kept coming up with weird recipes. And the weirder they got, the more you protested, the more Drew knew he had a winner. Uh, that That is true. I mean, you know, um, and that kind of goes back to the fact that, you know, he he did a lot of the really crazy, crazy stuff in this book. And it was kind of like... I think I think the straw that broke the camel's back was the white stout recipe. Okay, tell me about that one. Well, 
a white stout cannot exist. <laughs> not in this plane. Thank you. Make, make your own reality, man. Just like a session IPA cannot exist. Yeah, well, and that's exactly what happened. Drew made his own reality and uh, eventually convinced me that maybe a white stout could exist. But, I mean, there were there were several emails exchanged that were, uh, if they weren't heated, I would say it was good-natured ribbing. Uh, going back and forth, uh, but uh, I mean, there, and there are some really unusual recipes in there, like like the bratwurst beer. Oh God! Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Guess who came up with that one? <laughs> Drew. <laughs> Guilty. Yeah. Well, I mean, that one, uh, you guys remember, you, uh, you guys talked about it a while ago, but uh, Buffalo Wild Wings had that commercial where they make yeah. home brewers. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, and you know, like everybody, you know, everybody had a shit fit about it, right? Uh, and uh, I kind of just rolled my eyes at it for the lame joke uh, of it, but also at the same time, it was like, hey, look at that, we're a big enough hobby now that we're getting made fun of on national a, TV. That's what happens. Right. You say something to this guy, and he takes it as a challenge. <laughs> right, so. Well, and so one of the jokes in the commercial was, oh, the homebrew, one of the beers he had made was a bratwurst beer, and it had chunks of bratwurst floating in it. Right. <sighs> and I just I looked at it, and I, uh, my reaction was. That's not how you make a bratwurst beer. <laughs> this is how you make a bratwurst beer. So that's that's what I set out to do. Is there actual bratwurst in your recipe? There is uh, There is no meat harmed in that recipe. Okay. There are, however, three other recipes where meat is definitely harmed. Yeah. Uh, in the uh, book. A good, a good friend of mine contributed a, a recipe for a pork chop beer. Wow. Oh. I do and, like a good pork chop. And as a matter of fact, I just had a bottle of it uh, on Learn to Homebrew Day. He brought a bottle and gave it to me, and it was astoundingly good. I've wow. got to send down to Drew. Oh, that's very cool. Uh, so these recipes, uh, maybe not this pork chop one, but some of, the, some of that we're talking about, they are in the book, right, in their entirety? They're all, They're all in the there. Excellent. Okay. Here's another question that came through from the chat. Um, were there any experiments that went horribly wrong? Uh, in the writing of pork book. chop beer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, fortunately, the pork chop beer wasn't. Uh, I didn't have to lay, claim credit for that one. Um, <laughs> Anything that went horribly wrong. Not that I'll admit to. Okay. Well, I, I mean, there should. was a first photography session. <laughs> that was an experiment? Did you forget to wear pants? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, I can't. It, I mean, you know, there's always experiments that go horribly wrong, but I. I Nothing stands out in my mind because I, I expect that that's going to happen sometimes. Okay. What? Well, at least what brewing experiment ended up exactly the way you thought it would in not a good way? Um. Well, it depends upon uh, your point of view, but I think the best one that I've done is uh, the one that disproves my favorite bugbear, which is, uh, you know, Denny and I are both lazy, right? Uh, so least effort, most beer. And I, a lot of people love the idea of doing a decoction. Yeah. And that's a hell of a lot of work. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And so in my my favorite outcome, and which would be horrifying to a traditionalist, was does decoction make a damn, a damn difference? You know, or can you fake it with melanoidin mold? And at least for the beer that I did, which was a, um, a Dunkel's, uh, it turns out, yeah, you can fake it pretty well with melanoidin mold. Excellent. Well, um, and, and like I said, that would be horrifying to a traditionalist, but uh, <laughs> horrifying. Yeah, yes, you know, not all of us want to spend hours in the in the garage stirring stuff. 
Plus, but, proof is proof. I mean, the, you're, what you're doing with setting out is that an, is there an actual substitute? And, yeah, I mean, and, well, and, and decoction is one of those experiments I did years ago, like the first word yeah. hopping experiment. We talk about that in the book also. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and I I pretty much reached the same conclusion as Drew. Although, as I say in the book, I still do both decoctions and step mashes occasionally because if there's if there's something there. Um, I, I want to know it, and I want to make sure I don't miss it. Uh, you know, the, the corollary to my little mantra earlier about, you know, the best beer possible with the least effort possible is, but do anything it takes to make better beer, just make sure that it is making better beer. Sure. With the first line being the best beer possible, I completely understand what you mean. Yeah. You know, so... It- and it should also be said, since I can sense Doc is twitching a little. He is twitching. He's oh, having yeah, a hard yeah. time. I can't see you, Doc, but I can feel the twitch. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, it's the same sense I got from Denny whenever I wrote a white stout recipe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, the, other, uh, the other part of that is the best beer, f- you know, for you. Right, yeah. and uh, you know, I mean, if if it turns out that you do that sort of experiment, and to you, the experimental results bear out the idea that doing a decoction is a good thing, then by all means, go for it. Do a decoction, waste your propane yeah. and your and your time. Go for it. <laughs> so um, let's talk about how to evaluate that quickly, because I, you guys have both mentioned that at, after these experiments, you actually give us a set of of things to do to to evaluate the beer and to decide for us if the how the experiment went. So can you give me a couple of examples of, of what you've written about how we can evaluate our beer in this way? We have a we have a great section on the basic uh, triangle tasting and one thing we tried to do throughout this book was go out and uh, find other people who knew more about stuff than we did and ask them about it also. So we have uh, a section written by a lady named Kathy Haddock, who just uh, retired as the head QA person of Sierra Nevada, about how she does triangle tastings. Beautiful. So uh, just a way to really objectively taste our, our beers yeah. afterward. And, and, I mean, there's, there's stuff in there about, like, you know, it's very important, and you guys are going to break this later with the the triangle test that you're going to do on the the yeah. instant beer. But one of the things that you need to do when you do a triangle test is you need to keep your tasters as clueless as possible. Okay. So yeah, they need to uh, they need to be blind as to what the actual objective is or what you're measuring. So uh, like for instance with uh, Denny's. Uh, first word hopping experiment you know one of the things that that would be changed nowadays with our understanding of it is you don't tell people what it is that you're trying to do right um give them three glasses of beer and say pick out the different one i see so you just start from that point of view and then the idea is so three three glasses of beer two are the same one is different uh, depending upon which version of the triangle test you follow, there are some people who say, okay, well, what you do is you have them pick out the one that's different or you do the inverse, pick out the two that's different. And the idea is that the, the second one's actually harder and should uh, more forcefully eliminate random luck. Okay. Uh, but it can kind of be a cruel thing to do to people. We did it on stage at, at the NHC. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and it turned out our least experienced taster was the one who actually pegged, uh, pegged the right. That's uh, right. Oh, that's there. interesting. Can you knock um, them down, like, on the BJCP, like, knock, knock yeah. them down or not? You just got moved down. Yeah. Well, we could make one of us have all three of the same beer. Yeah. And we don't know who it is. Right. Well, and, you know, that's a that's actually a great experiment, and we, we do talk about that one, because uh, in the same chapter that we talked about how you taste things, 
there is a, a very long set of discussions about you know exactly how human perception works and the fact that we are all far more fallible at tasting than we think we are. Um, and it goes into a couple of experiments that have been done professionally with uh, like wine sommeliers and the fact that they cannot tell if you blindfold them and pour them glasses of wine, they cannot successfully pick out the difference between a red and a white wine without visual aid. Interesting. Wow. Hmm. So, and the, the, that same corollary applies to beer people as well. Don't feel superior, folks. Huh. Uh, yeah, no, I would uh, never do that. I only drink dark beer, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Beardy, I thought everything's dark to you. <laughs> That's true. Well, there's patches of white. <laughs> yeah. Well, in comparison. So let me, using our example here, Drew, since we're going to be doing this after the break, the the Adwater beer that we have is a, is a pale ale. I don't know if there's much description beyond that. Yeah, uh, I think it says it uses uh, Cascade hops. Uh, the, 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 malts, the malts are aromatic. Okay. Oh, uh, so, that's oh. about it. Okay. Well, so well, ba- well balanced. Isn't everything so, aromatic? What kind of water are we getting? I need to know that. <laughs> That'll give you more info. So my question here, Drew, is: We've got a tap list to choose from. Are we just trying to pick, uh, you know, whatever pale ale we have to to make as our two of the same and one that's different? Uh, you're going to try and find the pale ale that you have on tap that is the closest. Yeah, in taste to the be... pale ale that you're pour- uh, that you're creating from the uh, rail kit or whatever so, it is. It's going to be hard to do. <laughs> Someone's going to have to drink it first. To do a pre-taste. Yeah. Yep. And then pick it, pick the third four, pick the, the, the you know triangle beer, the third one. Make it be a, We'll do, have then, one of our bartenders do it. Or Bevo yeah. can do yeah, yeah, everything. Well, I was going to say, actually having one of the bartenders would be great to do it because the bartender can then serve as your blind as the brewcasters. And they can choose, am I going to choose... Am I going to make two of the glasses the instant beer, or am I going to make two of the glasses the draft beer? Oh, I see what you mean, because it could go either uh, way. Good point. See, yeah. I'm glad we got Drew here. We should have and, him in, in the... Well, but the goal is just to pick out which one's different. Sure, but Not he's yet. saying that they can decide, is the different one going to be the add water beer, or is the different one going to be the commercial pale ale? Yeah, the human nature that. would be that we give you one of the instant water ones and two good beers. Oh, but. Oh. All right, and and so that's and that's the sort of like extra information that you're trying to defeat uh, from your tasters, hmm, because the uh, the more you can obfuscate what the test is, and the more uh, the more difficult that you can make it. What was that word? The, obfuscate <laughs> testers. Yeah, thank you. Um, but <laughs> you. Uh, the more that you can hide what the, what it is that you're trying to do, or the difference, the more sh- surety that you can have about the the results that you're getting. Okay. Okay. All right. Is there alcohol in the instant beer? <laughs> yeah. The little packet is 49% concentrated, and then when you pour it in, it creates oh, a man. pint that's 5.4%. Yeah. Shots of this shit. It also gets you instantly drunk. So, yeah. So, so what do we just lick, lick I just want to pick up a pouch. Instant alcohol is very different. Yeah. You also have to cram a bunch of nitrous into it before we... <laughs> it gets oh. you instantly drunk and instantly diabetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys going to go like a Capri Sun and just jam a straw right into yes. it? Yes. Oh, to the well, bottom. Do you guys remember earlier this year somebody uh, somebody announced uh, a trademark for PAL, you know, powdered alcohol? Yes. Alcohol? Yeah. And, yeah, one of, one of the things that got them into trouble was on their website. They're like, don't snort the powdered yes. alcohol. <laughs> just line it up. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, before we have to go, I've just got a couple more questions. One of them is that you mentioned that if we go to experimentalbrew.com, is there a place for us to post our own experiments and results? We're building it right now, but You're yeah, uh, okay. shortly it, it, it'll be there. 
Because the idea is there's a bit of a community. Right now, that we have sections for mash experiments, boil experiments, fermentation experiments, but uh, we're working on making it a lot more structured. But yeah, in the meantime, you can still go there and post. Okay. Yep. And the, and the whole idea should be that. You know, since we don't have, you know, the greatest scientific controls or process controls as homebrewers, uh, you know, the, our individual results are somewhat questionable. Uh, so the idea should be that uh, you gain confidence in repetition. So if we have 50 people do a test and it turns out that 40 people get the same result, mm-hmm. there's a, a better chance that that's actually right. Okay. I like it. It's kind of a community going along with the book. It's Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great idea. I'm into it. You should have a button for, like, Weighted judge variability, so you can have if you got really good judges. Yeah, not so good judges. And just, yeah. It's a weighted thing. Can you work on that algorithm for us, Drew? Yes, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, minus ten for brewcasters. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, minus, uh, minus two for the hobo barfly who's waiting at five a.m. for the bar to open. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'd give him more than that. Um, He's probably got more experience. All right, and then I had a couple of. Um, Sort of questions outside of the book that came through on the chat that I wanted to ask you guys quickly. Um, one of them was um, just the guests' thoughts on the quality of all grain versus extract beers. You guys have any any leg to stand yeah. on there? We do, and and I think we actually talked about it in the book, or at least we we were going to. We we've ended up cutting so much from the book that it's hard to remember what's actually in. Oh, um, but to me, I think. Uh, Outside of a few things, like uh, Saison's are very, 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 very pale beers, uh, the real difference between an extract brew and an all-grain brew is going to be in the experience of the brewer. So the reason why I think a lot of us have grown accustomed to the idea that extract brew sucks is because most of the brewers who are making extract beer are sucky newbie brewers. Good point. (laughs) Good point. Um, Self-fulfilling prophecy. How dare you? And so, I mean, I've I've gone I've gone back like, you know, like before one of these conferences or before a festival or something like that, I've gone and and made like an extract batch that you know, it was like one of those things where I could do it in two hours and gain another beer to put on tap. Uh, and you know what? They're pretty damn good. Okay. Because the real uh, the real magic, as we know, is all about that fermentation control. Yeah. And so, this, this would be a good place to announce that uh, on November 17th, Drew Beecham and Denny Kahn Beer Kits will be introduced from Brewcraft. Wow. Excellent. Signature. So yeah. that leads me then to my final question from the chat room, which is for you, Denny. Um, and this uh, listener says that Denny's, uh, what is it, BVIP recipe? Yep, Bourbon Vanilla Imperial Porter. Okay, he says it's been a legend on beer forums for over a decade. What are your two cents on that phenomena? There's no accounting for taste. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough for no, me. Um, I mean, I, it's one of those beers that, uh, quite frankly, I love to drink, but I tire of quickly. I, in spite of the fact that I came up with that recipe, my preference is generally towards beer-flavored beer. Um, but in, I'll tell you though, up here in Oregon, when it's cold and pouring rain, and I've got the wood stove going because the power is out, that is a great beer to drink. Okay. Well, that's what's in my fermenter right now. Oh, Denny's oh, recipe. I'm honored. It's a it's a bourbon vanilla imperial porter. Yeah, nice. Uh, it's good. Well, Christmas time's coming up. Yeah. Yeah, that's what. Well, that's where it came from. Uh, I developed my recipe to give to friends for uh, Christmas presents. Uh, its official name is Rudolph's Foggy Night. 
Beautiful. <laughs> now, by the way, I will uh, I will uh, offer a suggestion to anybody who's looking for co-authors. Uh, it usually helps if your co-author doesn't live in the middle of the woods and get uh, loses his internet for days at a time because of snowstorms. Yeah, yeah, that that happened last year for sure. I had to drive thirty miles into town through the snow to go sit at the airport and use their internet. Wow, that's dedication. That's dedication. <laughs> I feel like it's uh, people in town are like, look, it's Mick Dodge. Oh no, wait, it's Denny Con. <laughs> It's the guy who wrote that sacred herbal healing gear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quick, get him to tell you your, your yeah. fortune. Oh, no, it's just a grizzly bear with dreadlocks. Hey, you know, if you, if you sign like up for that. Dish Network, I get 50 bucks. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Doc needs 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah. All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you so much for being on the program and for writing this book for homebrewers. Uh, it's been a real pleasure, Justin. Uh, I look forward to seeing all you guys in San Diego. San Diego this summer. Absolutely. Uh, we hope to see you there for the National Homebrewers Conference. Uh, of course, in the meantime, you can go to experimentalbrew.com and check it out. And where can people buy the book right now, guys? All your finest retailers. If you come to our website, we have links. But uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, our publisher has a, a website. Uh, I'm fairly certain Joe down the street with a shopping cart full of books will sell you one, too. <laughs> uh, lots of homebrew shops are carrying it. Uh, if you want an autographed copy, you can contact Drew or me directly. Beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. All right, guys. Thank you. Congratulations on the release of the book. And maybe, Denny, you might get to enjoy a little retirement here soon. Yeah, this is my retirement fund, so everybody buy the book. <laughs> All right. I'm buying it. Click the Amazon link on our homepage and look up Experimental Homebrewing. Get the book from Drew and Denny. They're good guys, and they got a lot to give back to this community. Drew, Denny, thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. There you go. Good dudes, both of them. Fun to be around, and I bet the book's just as fun to read. So I've got to ask, yeah. how much does it take to retire into the forest? <laughs> right. Well, I'm sure he can retire, but yeah. then can he ever leave the forest right. again? Right. That's why he had oh, to, if you had see to him, write the book. He probably, he probably would. He's got yeah. three freezers of beer meat, so he's good for at least two years. <laughs> so we got to get ready for this beer experiment. And here's what I'm thinking, Moscow. Let's go out there, and we'll have our manager tonight, Aaron, taste the... Do we have enough to pour one and have him taste it and then still get us? Yeah, I have, t- I have two pints worth, so we have tasters to go around. So get him that's to... more than enough. Get, I want Aaron to yeah. taste it and pick the pale ale that's on our tap list that will be most like it. Just get as close as we can. Then I want our bartender, Laura, to come in and do the taste test with us. Okay. I want a non-brewcaster Will in she here be blind to? to do it. We're going to blindfold her for yeah. no reason. That's actually just for our own enjoyment. We're going to blindfold her and then do and the... And yeah. And then do the triangle taste test. Sign this waiver and then put this radio. You were not touched. Now, Aaron, uh, I want you to decide that the, the premise of the triangle test is that two beers are the same and one beer is different. Now, I'm going to let you decide, are the two beers that are the same going to be the one you choose from the tap list and the water beer will be different? Or you'll give us two of the water beer and the tap list beer will be the one different one. Does that make sense? You just got to do one or the other. Yes. I'll leave it totally up to you. You take care of it, and then you send Laura back here uh, to do the taste test with us. You'll be the only one in the whole place that knows the the real what we have in front of us. It's a big responsibility. All right, good. Just now, send Laura back here first. Aaron, Aaron's a home brewer. He's a, a big beer guy. He knows his beer. In fact, I think he helps out at Black Diamond, the local brewery here sometimes, too. Oh, so, nice. So he's got a good he's palate to, to pick the pale ale for us. All right. And then uh, Laura knows our, our beers, too, so I think she'll be great to just try to you know see if we can pick out the different ones. 
one. That's going to be so good. You know that the, the disaster lover in me just wants us all to, you know, oh, not man. be able to tell the difference between a water, an add water beer and a normal beer. We don't so, know. You think add water is going to be close? We don't really? know I that hope this so. is bad. We no, we don't. No idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope that Tasty is the one who can't pick it out. I too. <laughs> I'm assuming it's going to be bad because it's processed down and boiled, but... We don't know. It could be great. I also want to save a pack and put it on my waffles. The winner, the winner has <laughs> to shoot good. that second pouch. Yeah. And okay. Get, oh, the, the winner. The, the, the winner loser. gets to the shoot yeah. the second. The loser gets to just chug 46% syrup. <laughs> right. Oh. All right. So we're going to take us a little break here. And uh, when we come back, we're going to taste uh, just add water beer and see how we do. Hang in there. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging, but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in anywhere precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection that's williamsbrewing.com orders placed by 4 p.m pacific time weekdays ship the same day brewing is easy the williams way when i order a beer i want my server to know more about it than i do I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerone's are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerone's are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, 
fertilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. Adventures in Homebrewing have the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipes. Some of the things Homebrewing.org creates and manufactures in-house are the Brutus brew stands and propane burners, the serial killer adjustable two-roller grain mill with seven-pound hopper, custom stainless steel false bottoms designed to fit kegels, coolers, and mini-size brew pots. And the BN Army receives 10% off their Homebrewing.org orders when they use coupon code AIH10 at checkout. The Brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing have designed a huge selection of original recipes for extract and all-grain brewing. Adventures in Homebrewing original recipes are tried and tested, proven to be of the best quality. And right now, Adventures in Homebrewing is shipping 24 of their best recipes for free. Visit homebrewing.org for the most current selection. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And now, it's even easier with free shipping on these kits. And don't forget to use the current coupon code AIH10. Adventures in Homebrewing at Home Brewing.org. Segmented, demented, fermented, fermented. It's the session. All right, a lot of excitement building here in the studio as we are starting to blindfold each other. Yes. And then do this uh, official, actual blind taste test. Uh, I wanted uh, once I saw the beers poured, I saw that there were some different uh, uh, visual attributes that might give away which one is different. So I decided that we're actually going to do it blind. Yeah. So everybody does have the beers in front of them. We're going to just go down the row one at a time and and do it this way. So those of you just joining us, here's what's happening. Uh, we found out uh, some some months ago about a beer that uh, is a beer concentrate. It comes in a little pack. Uh, it's called. Uh, Very similar. Well, it's from a company called Backcountry Beverages. <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not, and the beer that we have is their Pale Rail. And what you get is this little uh, Pale Rail. You get a little pouch of beer. Um, I don't know which camera's on the main camera. Um, you get a little pouch of beer it's like a you know mylar bag or something some sort of vacuum sealed <laughs> mylar it's what it is it's a beer concentrate you and add alcohol, alcohol. you add carbonated water and supposedly you have a wonderful craft beverage uh, according to the website uh, a delicate blend of aromatic malts and cascade hop delivers a complex yet well-balanced craft brew wherever your adventures take mm. you but now, that's something to keep in mind. Or this space. is sort of a camping-type item. That's the intent here. Sure. Or, you know, maybe camping, maybe... I mean, if you're at the bar, you're not going to be making this when you can get a you know, real... You wouldn't do it at the deal. bar, but I could see myself smuggling these into the ballpark, for example. Or onto an airplane flight. <laughs> or onto yeah. an airplane, yeah, yes. so that I don't have to uh, other ways. purchase beer. Yeah. Um, in its package, 
It's 49% alcohol by volume. So, yeah, it's a shooter. <laughs> Can't we just, wow. like, do shooter? shooter? Yeah. Can't we just do the shooter? Yeah. yeah. So shooter. what we've set up here is the triangle test that we talk about with, with Drew Beecham. Uh, I yeah. was hoping to get Laura in here to taste with us, too, but it didn't work out that way because our manager fucked it up. That's bullshit. Uh, Aaron, uh, you're a jerk. Uh, Demoted? Uh, I don't want to demote the poor kid yet. <laughs> Maybe. Give okay. him a side mode. I'm going to write him up. He's going to get a write up. Yeah! He's going to get a write up for ruining our Laura in studio experience for the mm. listeners. I thought it was pretty spelled out. We had her blindfolded, too. It's all about the listeners. Pretty spelled out. I mean, we don't that care. Happened. I think sometimes I don't speak English or something. I give instructions. And they, uh, that's racist. Speak American. <laughs> Poor Aaron's getting thrown under the bus out in front of the, our customers and everything. So uh, now here's what we have. Uh, you've all got three beers in front of you. Do not move them around from the coasters that they're sitting on. Tasty, do me a favor. Put yours on the coasters that... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, just stop fucking cheating. Put them on there. Um, wouldn't it be great if we had this pre-recorded and we all had left stop the studio <laughs> while JP was blindfolded? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> leave. <laughs> this is JP's, uh, I, I think, fantasy right now. Bevo's yeah. Behind yeah. him, blindfolding him right now. Yeah, uh, she's about to put a finger Uh-oh. in it. Uh, never mind. Um, <laughs> all right, so JP's blindfolded now because I think that he saw the glasses in front yeah, of him. Yeah. Oh, you mix him up since he's been blindfolded. So we're since just going to go. Blindfolded uh, since he's been blind. Uh, JP, I, they're yeah. going to guide your hand to each beverage. All you need to do after tasting all three well, is tell us which I'm one. You're yes. going to tell me two things. You're going to tell me which one is the different one. Okay? Yeah. And then you're going to tell me which one you think is the fake beer, the, the add okay, water this beer. Is the, okay. So this is beer number one. <laughs> all right. And you'll taste all three before giving us any answers. Uh, although, feel free to talk about well, flavors. They, they look you, amazingly similar. Want. They do. Aaron did a nice job okay. of finding a pale ale that looks similar. Oh, I still wanted to stack the deck in the uh, blind favor and blindfoldness well, the, anyway. The, the color and the density is amazingly yeah, yeah. But yeah, they're sparkly. Now these are only uh, like you know two ounce pours. I hope that he made the full concentrate and then because <laughs> otherwise we're about to get drunk with <laughs> just a couple sips. All right, and now JP's tasting beer number three. So all he needs to do is tell us which one's different and then uh, which one he thinks is the add water beer. You think the add water one would have been a little bit cloudy? Do you want me to tell you now before no, everyone? No. Yes. Because really? everyone's going to be blindfolded. They won't know what they're looking at. All no, you no, have no, to do we, is we, tell we, me. We well, but see. we can see what coaster he's pulling from. But you won't we see won't what see coaster that. you're, you're yeah, pulling from. Don't mix it up. Stop fucking with it. Just do what I say. But as soon as, I, right. as soon as I talk about it, they're going to get it right away once they smell it. All you have to don't, – then don't talk about it. Just do the two things I've asked for, which is tell me which one's different and then which one's fake. Thank you. The third one is different. Okay. The third one is fake. Okay. Next. Got it. Now Moscow is... That was, uh, that's why I wanted to clarify. I didn't want to know... I want to know how much detail I can yeah, give. Yeah. No, okay. that works perfect. Right. Uh, now we will blindfold our second contestant, which will be Doc. You didn't tell me about this Oh, part. my God. I'm yeah. out in the parking lot. I didn't room. know about this part Welcome the back. break. Uh, am I so. going to wake up without a kidney? <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> it depends. How much is your kidney worth? Do you oh, have two well, still? These, At your these, age. These work really good. <laughs> we'll give you a kid or a knee. All right. You're now blindfolded. We are uh, swapping the way the beers are in front of you. Um, we're going to guide your hand to beer number one. And the same thing, Doc, go ahead. Uh, taste all three. Uh, no commentary needed other than which one is different, which one is fake. All right, guide him to beer number two, please. 
Everybody be careful not to spill beer on the studio as we're or on the blind as we're blindly grabbing at beers. I think we should do more blindfolded games. This is fun already. <laughs> we could revive what's in Schumann's mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should bring radio. back what's in Schumann's mouth. That are, was are good we radio. blindfolded when that happens, or is Schumann blindfolded? Schumann when that is, happens? and it's fun for everybody. <laughs> All right, now, Doc, with blindfold still on, uh, tell us which one is uh, different. He says number one is different, and which one is fake. Number one, also choosing the same one twice. You can use your words. As well. JP did yeah. as well. It's radio. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's uh, Tasty's turn to be blindfolded. And Will he test. live up to his name? We don't know. Can Tasty can, Taste? Can Tasty Taste? Stay tuned. That's a new game. Uh, uh, <laughs> we'll play that before we play What's where, in Schumann's Mouth. Wildly yeah. similar. Where yeah. do you guys get uh, carbonated water? You get mix them up. Almost don't get water in here. Yeah. Uh, Moscow brought in his soda stream. Smart hmm. thinking of there. He did. So we had a bottle of carbonated water to. to oh. add to Why it. do you have a soda stream? Because <laughs> he kid water. loves yeah. soda. Uh, carbonated water. He says he loves. All right. So Tasty is doing his tasting now. He's on the second beer already. Already. He's, he's going to go through all three beers and tell us uh, which one he thinks is different <laughs> and which man one hands over there he thinks is the water. <laughs> Let me guide these pork chops over here. <laughs> oh. Okay. Whoa, Good enough. Almost. All right. Good. I got it. All right. Tasty. Uh, blindfold still on. Tell us which one is different. Uh, one. Uh, number two is different, and I believe it is. Okay. Uh, once again, picking the same one as different and fake. Now we're on to Beardy. Two contestants left. That's Beardy and myself. Um, uh, yes, Viva wants to know if she can use his own beard to blindfold him. I believe that's acceptable. How, how am I going uh, to drink? Which, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> and she's making a drink yeah. hole for you. Yeah. No, Viva, keep up the good work. Yeah. I think I need you to blindfold him and make a drink hole. That's like taking a man's sword and stabbing that's, him with it. <laughs> Uh, but, but, you know, if okay, you, if you're and then hold, just hold him right there so I can get a, a photo for uh, the folks at home. Oh, if you pour the bad one, Beardy, in this his is beard, the, this is the best photo of you ever. Uh, okay, and go ahead and give him. Um, well, we're we're rotating his glasses now. Um, Thank you, Beardy. You can't see, right? What's your shampoo of uh, choice? You've never looked better, Justin. <laughs> Thank you. You can't see. Uh, all right, so he's trying beer number one right now. You look like a weird cross between like a Wookie and a and a cousin. Oh, yeah, it. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, and, he's and going on in the frozen tundra. You look like a, a hairy Patrick Swayze right now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, all right, he's be, going he to be driving a tauntaun. His third beer now. Uh, he does neck. Does he have a chin though? All right, he's tasted all three beers. Uh, which one? One, two, or three is different. Three is different, and it's the fake. Okay, got it. It's not fake. Right. It's just it's add water. Yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, should I put my glasses on for this? Why? Uh, what, are you going to see through your blindfold? Then? Yeah, I feel like that's, that's what I need it for. You want to use my beard? <sighs> yeah, can I also oh, use Beardy's yeah. beard as my blindfolding device? I will probably throw up in your beard if I had to have can you th- You're going to throw up through your eyes? Wrapped across my face. <laughs> Why don't you use my pubic beard? <laughs> I got a merkin over here if you want. Uh. Uh, How about those arm curtains? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm trying beer number one. You know I'm going to be the one to spill the beer. Uh, okay. <laughs> At least it'll be your fault. I hope I'm not the only one to get it wrong. I hope you are. Uh, yeah, that'd I, be awesome. I, I'm giving you a fitty fitty to get it wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even right. though there's three beers. <laughs> All right. He's tasting them. 
Mm-hmm. Beverly securely making sure the nope. blindfold is on He's his spending face. some time on the last one. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. See, the pressure, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of yeah. pressure. Yeah. It comes down to you. <laughs> yeah. Number one is different. Number one is water beer. Water right. beer. Water. All right. I'm not going to look at my order because I, I actually know which beers on which coaster, but I haven't, okay. so I don't know uh, my own results. Uh, but Moscow does; he's taken down the results. Um, should we let Bevo do it? Yes, should we, actually, yeah, she and should. We should have Bevo do it. And yes. can we hold her down? Bevo probably doesn't even have to do it blindfolded. <laughs> Bevo, you can just taste him. I think. And just, oh. Yeah. All right. I don't have coasters. Oh, but uh, Moscow, can you look at it and know which one's which in there? <laughs> I can't. Yeah, so Moscow knows what's yeah. up anyway. So yeah. go ahead and taste. You're the only one that doesn't have to be blindfolded. And, no, I can't. Uh, she can't count unless there's coasters underneath her drink. Shut up. <laughs> I don't have coasters, so I can't do it. I sure hope I'm right. And and if I am, I'm not a big fan of the beer so far. Uh, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody feels the same. Yeah. Uh, oh, dude, even I know this. Okay. So, so far, Bebo thinks she knows what's it what. It was two and one. Yeah, no, number one is disgusting. Okay, you yeah. know what she's picking there? I do. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Moskowitz, why don't you go ahead and give us the results, because I have a feeling it's not uh, important to go down one by one. It's not. Everybody nailed it, including you and Bebo. Woo! Thank God. Yeah. And can we talk about the lack <laughs> yeah. of head retention on water beer? So, water beer has a significant lack of carbonation. We might need to do this test again one day with some even more carbonated water to account for the pouring of it. Like, it was probably heavily carbonated, but once you dump and mix and... Yeah, and the problem with the soda stream is you can't really re-carb once you have the concentrate in there. Like, Uh, if you have soda, beer, whatever it is you're pouring in there, it has to just be water when you you force carb it. Yeah. And so, I carbonated it as much as it could possibly be before I brought it, and it still, yeah, was not enough. Did you carbonate the water first? Yes. So probably when you mixed it and you stirred it up to mix it, you drove all the right. I, well, I tried to. I, I very gently rolled it to mix. I mean, I, I really tried to be gentle. Sure, but even even once you have it pressurized and you release it to pour the thing, and you're venting off gas. Right. So that's that's what I was yeah. saying. Is yeah. that we just might need well. You guys Maybe for the next it. test, yeah. we'll we'll line up some other commercial uh, uh, carbonated water and see which is the most carbonated, or just and just use no, that. One. Have someone you, sacrifice a keg. You, you put it in a two liter. You use a keg. Just, two liter soda. You actually shake it. Yeah. Okay. Over carbonate yeah. it. You'll get it to where you want it. Before it comes in. So that would have helped, but, but let's be honest. It's not going to make it. I still no, think yeah. it was obvious which was the water it, beer, right? It tasted and smelled like a dry erase marker. Yeah. Dry erase. Well, it again. But, but we would have we huffed that. Well, right, I, that's why we'd have a marker next time and go. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, okay, which is the one. marker. It is kind of like a dry erase marker. Yeah, I, I smelled it. I got it banana like nut a, bread. But, it yeah. has like a caramely smell, like a yeah. like yeah. it's barely. Um, I think yeah, banana nut bread is the banana perfect banana description. Bevo, one question. What you want? Would Sammy would Sammy like it? No. How about straight out of would the... Would Sammy drink yeah, it? Honest, yes. What's yes. the straight syrup? It depends upon how many beers he's had that night. It tastes like banana nut bread with children's Tylenol in it. Yes, dry it's erase marker, a, like solventy. Yeah, it it's, has the medicinal character because it has higher alcohols in it. It's oh, like, I see. You can you tell know, it was a stressful ferment. Whatever it was made, it wasn't made in a very kind fermentation uh, So, Tasty, forgetting what we know about you, which is that if you went camping, you'd bring your own beer. Well, let's, let's take that out of the equation. Yeah. Would this pass the tasty camping test? Would you hey, if I was out there and had no beer at all yeah. and wanted some alcohol that I could drink, and yeah, yeah sure, I'd drink this. You'd go for it. Yeah. I would, too. I think I agree with that. It, it, no, I would say mm-hmm. the design for that product, he, it's a success. If I, if In terms I, of quality of beer, it's a big If I was thing. backpacking, yeah. Yeah. 
Lightweight. Lightweight. Would you add? Would you bother adding water, <laughs> or would you just drink yeah. the forty nine percent packet? Well, I'd go. In not period. the first, the first yeah. packet. I put water, and then then I would experiment. So I am curious what just a packet tastes like. Can yeah. we get a glass Let's in here? That. Let's just dump a packet oh, in a glass. Yeah. No, 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 no. We got to do it the, the Molly way. We just gotta like. The Molly way. Put it in. Oh, oh, what? Yeah. No, squeeze, it, squeeze it on your finger. Did you just teach us how to do drugs? No, did not. <laughs> Who's Molly? <laughs> Molly, that's how she does it. Yours, I think, right? Do you have to shake it up first? I don't know. I'm just gonna do it anyway. well, Cut it and squeeze it on your finger. You gotta yeah. mix it up. Like and then does, it, does it feel real? Thick? I'd rather like sip it from a glass. It? Is that yeah. a gel? Is it just a powder? Yeah. I don't know. We're about to find out. No, no, it's a, it's liquid. Oh, it's not a syrup. Oh, I don't know what it is. I haven't seen it. I thought it was powder. That's why I want it to go in a glass. Let's it's like figure it out. Seventeen to one, or can't even tell. Let's yeah. figure it all out. It, f- it doesn't feel like syrup. It feels very liquidy to me. I like how you and I say syrup the right the right way. It's liquid syrup. I bet it's better like this than it is adding water. Mm-hmm. Justin, now it looks like a doppelbock. Wow, yeah, that's like, real dark. Uh, up the arm. Oh, it does look like a doppelbock. And it smells more like a beer. It still oh, has the... Um, I know what it is. Are they polyphenols phenol, yeah. that you're talking about with yeah, the mad fermentation? Yeah. So I can smell that, and I can smell the banana in it still as well. You get an oxidized character? But it definitely smells yeah. more like a, a beer. It's utopious. I don't know if I do get the oxidized. I definitely got it on the on the the when there's water in it. Yeah. That was the first thing I got. It tasted like an old IPA. Very I have old. a suggestion. Yeah. From oh, it's far better like this. The chat. It's not good, but it's better. That's even better. I don't want to reach over my. Water? Let's just go down the list here. I don't want to reach over. I thought my you board. weren't passing. I thought you were keeping it to yourself. Yeah, no, I don't want to give it's it away. Mine. We can what? replace the packet in ramen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> food <laughs> flavor our ramen. Mm. That's a good idea, Bebo. That was good. Oh, you get some. What do you think, JP? I can't even. I can't get past the smell. Yeah, it's a weird. It's smell. It's atrocious. You got to take more a little, dry erase just a little sip. A little utopious style. Your house sip. is full of atrocious smells. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, JP's oh, making a very bad face. On his face. No, it's, it's very, very alcoholic smell. Yeah. Oh, I think it's better than the water version. Really? Yeah. You're you're you need help. <laughs> uh, if I went camping, that's how I drink it. A really? Little, a little you? snifter. Just dump <laughs> yeah. it right in there, man. You don't need carbonation. You, you could don't have, you're ready to go. Carbonation yeah. could help. But. If your van doesn't start, you can just breathe in the carburetor. <laughs> I, think, I think I'd rather yeah. put Jack Daniels in a Ziploc and go camping. <laughs> well, there, there's definitely higher alcohols in there. Forty nine percent. No, I'm talking about the, the headachey ones. Yeah. 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 I'd rather put Jack Daniels in a Ziploc and throw it out the window. <laughs> Don't hard. It's, Doc's yeah. taking like eight sips. <laughs> pass it along. He's got to be sure. Puff, puff, pass, he's Doc. Puff, sure. puff, pass. That was the only. That was the only taste I had. Everything else was a sniff. <laughs> God, thorough. my mouth is still on oh. fire. Wow, forty-seven percent. Huh? <laughs> now I want to improve on this. Will you pass it along already? Yeah, Doc, no, I like it. Do you it's like it better that way? Show. Oh yeah. No, yeah. you're both stupid. Wow. Oh, no, it's, it's much better that way. But you're both dumb. I, yeah, I, it I can make like it. Paint. I can make it better. It tastes like paint too. Watch out. I'll make it better. It's a little painty. How, how would you? How would you make it? How would you make a concentrate like this? Well, because they're, 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 they wouldn't. They went. Along, they went <laughs> along you. the way of getting. It's really the the hoppy, there It's in, got in a lot of IBUs in there. Yeah, yeah. A diff- a different oh, see, way. I didn't even notice I've that. Had, I've had yeah. a distilled beer before, and it was great. That you might have made. Hang on, one conversation yeah. at a time here. <laughs> let me let me go back to Tasty. Tasty actually tastes the hops in it that way. Yeah, yeah. I get mm-hmm. a lot of the IBUs that way. Yeah, yeah it's very bitter. Yeah, very bitter. 
I mean, honestly, even in the water version, uh, the proper version, it has some firm. Uh, I wouldn't say firm. There is some bitterness there too. It's some a little bit of hop flavor too. If you, I mean, if you want to start complimenting this thing, you know, it there there. So it feels like. It may have been a good recipe, mm. but the execution's kind of funk, man. Oh, it, it, mm-hmm. it could be improved on. I, if I had a cigar with it and like out by the fire, <laughs> you would explode. It's sort of like putting ranch on things. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I could cover it up with something, it would yeah. taste great. Or if you're blobber mayonnaise, yeah. but it, it's, it's like a really weird brandy. Yeah, yeah. I I it's agree mandy. that it's yeah. it's better okay. co- concentrated. Ah, everybody agrees it's better concentrated, no, except no. for the jip. Not yes. that it's good. I I said the same thing. Yeah. It is yeah. not good. Not that I but can get you to drink it again. It's right. better in that form than no. it is as yeah. a full beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put you no. to sleep. No. There's more flavors. <laughs> There's ben more flavors I. besides so, the dry erase marker. In Tasty that. saying it's yeah. it's the final final. I would take that if I was going to go backpacking. Which would be like. Like, right. Yeah. We all understand how hypothetical this yeah. is. Right. As soon as I learned hand civilization is destroyed. That's the only reason I would do that is it was yeah. the, the zombie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would take that. It'd be really efficient. Some packet. Yep. Uh, just I would just take it right out of the packet. Uh, yeah. It'd be great. When one can't carry a keg, yeah. I don't carry know I, whatever it's called. I, what I, is this I, shit called? That pale rail. Pale rail. Can we do rails? Uh, but <laughs> yeah. That's what when you just drink it as a concentrate. That's like that's the equivalent of doing sure rails. We're riding the rail right out of the pack. I'm, I need that brandy snifter. That was foul. Oh, you'd want to write, you guys are stupid. You want the right kind of glassware, huh? Doc? You, you like the watered down version I would, more? I would, I would no glassware. Yeah, I wouldn't drink either one of them. What's well, our, uh, if I were presented with this or nothing, I'd opt for nothing. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Excuse me. Oh yeah. I would choose two nothing. weeks of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever yeah. chooses to be sober. Oh, one for two night of nothing. Fine. Two weeks well, of nothing. If this was my only option, I would definitely. Two yeah. weeks. I don't of really nothing. drink. Yeah. Oh, t- two weeks of Sam and us camping together. <laughs> you're you gonna think? need a drink. You're gonna be begging for the pale rail. <laughs> no, I'll be giving you guys. <laughs> and we're not talking about a beer. <laughs> well, yeah, the other. <laughs> Shut up, Warren. <laughs> begging for the pale rail. <laughs> <laughs> they should, by the way, guys, uh, backcountry beverages, you can have that as your new T-shirt design. <laughs> You're going to be begging, begging, for the for the, begging for the pale <laughs> rail. Well, you guys can get ready for the uh, the next one from them. They have another flavor, the Black Hops. I believe it's a black IPA. No, they don't. They, oh, they oh. most certainly do. No, it Why would exist. they go with that? <laughs> yeah. I uh, think you need the mm. uh, hoppier beers to, to cover up the terrible flavors. It Terrible. didn't taste hoppy, Terrible. though. It was very sweet to me. Uh, the, the concentrate? That's the alcohol. Both. Hey, yeah. put, just put some ears on it and you'll be fine. <laughs> I don't know what that means. What uh, is that? Yeah. That's a, that's a uh, Disneyland thing. <laughs> it is? <laughs> that's how JP will like it? Is that what you're saying? Put some ears on it you'll be oh. fine. <laughs> yeah. Some I, cub ears. <laughs> Sorry, right. the, there was, I needed a bridge for the connection. So I still need that bridge. <laughs> you can help me out. That's something to do with you liking Disneyland. Okay, yep. oh. And apparently Disneyland gives you horns. Right. And I said ears. All right, uh, that's our blind. Uh, that is I our first you, ever blindfolded taste. And now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. pretty well. What was the control beer? Anybody? Uh, if, Frank, oh, what was, was, it? was that the? Uh, I don't know. Hey, New Belgian Pale. Aaron, can no, you, that was too hoppy for New. Aaron, can you come in here and tell us what the uh, collaboration beer was? It's really nice the, to wash down the pale rail with whatever this with the other beer. With the other beer, yeah. yeah. Let, let's see if we can pick it out. I think it's fifteen hundred. I think it's the uh, New Belgian uh, Pale. Oh. 
It has more of a Belgian character. I, you know, I also think it's fifteen hundred. Yeah, I Much think more of that, would we would have had a blind test. But there's a, a mosaic pail out there. There's a couple of pails on. Oh, maybe the new Belgium is the mosaic. Had. All right, Moscow's coming back with the answer. It was dun, the, dun, dun. Uh, the victory headwater pale ale. Oh, none of us were correct. Victory. You all suck. Yeah. I, I didn't know that was on the It's on good the pale ale. This is good. good. Well, mine's gone. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked. Really? All, <laughs> three, all three of his glasses are gone, too. Do you want mine, Doc? <laughs> Do you want the rest of this concentrate? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks, real quick, let me let you know about the American Homebrewers Association. You already know about them, but they're a great uh, supporter of the Brewing Network, and they have been for a long time, and we like to support them, too. Of course, we've been going to their National Homebrewers Conference every year uh, for about the past nine years. Uh, this will be our 10th anniversary when we go in 2015. And right now, they're doing a battle of the bottle label voting over. I think this is through our yeah. friends with Grogtag, too. That's right. Grogtag is giving away the grand prize, which is a bunch of uh, free label and metal signs and a bunch of swag and stuff. So. so that's super cool. If you go over to homebrewersassociation.org right now, you'll see right there on their homepage the Battle of the Bottle Labels logo. You can't miss it. It's huge. And you can vote for your favorite label. Uh, they received 117 entries into the Battle of the Bottle Labels contest. Uh, so they huh. want to thank everybody that entered. But now you can go there and vote for your favorite ones. And I'm seeing some super cool entries, too. Uh, for example, there is one with David Hasselhoff in a speedo and his night rider jacket. Yeah, Hoffa Weizen. You can't go wrong with, that, with a good Hoffa Weizen. Oh no, they did it. Uh, they went the full. They went Hasselhoff Weizen. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> There's a lot of actually David Hasselhoff labels that come through. It's very weird <laughs> because he's just from yeah. the same guy. Yeah, him that, and Magnum PI. He's they're that mm. lovable. Yeah, they are. <laughs> go over to homebrewersassociation.org and check it out. You can vote now. And by the way, if you're not a member of the AHA, you should be. You can click on the AHA link right on our home page and do so. Uh, it's a great way to support uh, both us and them, and they do some good things for you. So go check it out, homebrewersassociation.org. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do a little bit of beer news yes. and uh, probably drink some more beer and get ourselves out of here. Well done, uh, Moscow, getting us the uh, Adwater beer. Yeah, I'm glad you guys all enjoyed it so much. <laughs> yeah. Doc made off with the concentrate. Yeah. He, left yeah. the he left the studio. Look, that's funny. Uh, it is something we've been wanting to do for a while, so I'm just glad to finally taste it. You know, yeah, I, re- I reported on it. I think it's been like over a year. Yeah, so there you go. Well done. Way to execute. All right, we'll be right back. It's the session beer news when we come back, and a little bit more too. Hang in there. To the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Introducing Clarity Firm from White Labs, an amazing tool for pro brewers and home brewers. Clarity Firm is an endoprotease that will reduce chill haze and increase the stability of your beer and produces gluten-reduced beer. Clarity Firm is easy to use. Just add it when you pitch your yeast, and Clarity Firm will do its work during fermentation. When fermentation is complete, chill haze will already have been addressed. 
In addition, reduce the gluten content in beers made with barley and wheat with Clarity Firm. Most beers made with Clarity Firm will test below 20 parts per million, the current international standard for gluten-free. Better looking and more stable beer with the added benefit of reduced gluten so you can pour your beer for more friends and customers. Why wouldn't you use Clarity Firm? Clarity Firm from White Labs. The reasons are crystal clear. Learn more at whitelabs.com. Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold, hoppy beer, one that spits resin in your face and makes you cry, Uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering, but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. Segmented, demented, fermented, fermented. It's the session. Thank you for sticking around and hanging out with us. That was a fun uh, taste test we got to do there. And hopefully you learned a little something too. Although I highly doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really, I highly doubt it. But you can learn from the folks over at Beersmith. Go to Beersmith.com right now. And if you're looking for some recipe software, you get a free 21-day trial of the best brewing software on the market. I stand by that statement. Uh, But you don't have to take my word for it because you get a free 21-day trial. So if you think I'm wrong, you can just give it right back. Uh, Also, there's tons of tutorials happening over there. For example, they have an all-new How to Brew Extract and All-Grain DVD series uh, along with our good friend John Palmer. You can right now buy the DVD How to Brew All-Grain. There's a trailer for the video right on the website. So if you go to beersmith.com slash DVD, you'll see it right there. And, you know, check out the trailer. See if it's any good for you. But Brad over there at Beersmith also does podcast interviews, uh, their video interviews. Uh, he does them uh, quite often and, and does some really good ones. In fact, I, I'm glad that he's out there getting some more beer information into the world uh, on top of his wonderful uh, brewing software. So go check it out, Beersmith.com. We really like the product, and uh, you know I think that you will too. Yep. 
All right, so uh, I think it's time for us to do a little beer news, isn't it? Let's do it. All right. feedback. Let's check it. We already did feedback, you <laughs> know, maniac. So, it was very short. Remember those two emails? What, do you want me to invent feedback? No, between I, I thought maybe some more came in. In <laughs> <laughs> a few hours. Between 6.20 and now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please. Now, let's do some beer news instead. It's the Brewing Network's Beer News, brought to you by homebrewstuff.com. Well, Bend, Oregon's 10-Barrel Brewing Company has been acquired by AB InBev for an undisclosed sum. AB acquiring brands, of course, is is nothing new. Uh, They bought uh, New York's Blue Point Uh, Brewing earlier this year, and there was the uh, $40 million Goose Island deal back in 2011. We covered that on the show a a lot. Uh, The interesting thing here Mm -hmm. is uh, that 10-Barrel is on pace to do about Mm 40,000 barrels uh, this year in 2014. Uh, Mm -hmm. And AB, of course, is at $190 So to call 10 Barrel a tiny drop in their bucket, it would still be an overstatement. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. What do you guys think? You think this will alienate 10 Barrel's fan base? I, I guess social media is just a ghast. Well, yeah. If you look at social media, that's the word. Everybody's, everybody's very upset. Everybody's mm. very upset. I'm just wondering why. This is a Really? Um, <laughs> I'm not getting, I, uh, I, I, I don't usually read these things, and I went and I read all the articles I could on this, and it's like... God, you guys are beating this up. Yeah, and I haven't run across anybody. Are you, are you talking about the, the Twitter people beating him, beating them no, up? This is every, oh, it's, it's it's news, and so everybody's <clears throat> posting here, posting it there, and, every, and everybody's got a big opinion on it. And it's mostly yeah. negative. Let's be honest, Stacey. What were you going to okay. say, and what you've been reading? Yeah. Well, you know, in the beer aisle at the store, I bet you could do a random survey, and nobody there would even know that this even occurred. So that's oh, yeah. one of the arguments, I think. Uh, of people feeling that this is a negative occurrence is that eventually the lines will become blurred between yeah. who owns what and who's a small company and who's not because at the beer shelf from a consumer standpoint it will eventually become transparent yeah. i mean right now if you look at the beer shelf it's pretty much divided uh we do great in california we have so much craft beer just at the grocery store but that beer aisle is divided pretty much between the big beer companies and the craft breweries. Yeah. Now, there are some of the bigger-owned craft beers speckled in our craft beer aisle, like uh, Anheuser-Busch owns uh, you know, a couple of smaller divisions. They name them something different. Yeah, like Sierra Ridge or so, something. Yeah, so oh, the okay. argument will be – one of the arguments is that there will be so much more of that that you can't tell if you're supporting a local company, if it's a craft brewery, or if it's owned by An, uh, InBev. There's no doubt that they can make good – craft beer yeah they have infrastructure they're gonna make it they're gonna make it right. but uh why don't yeah. they why don't they by the way they do where but what, actually what, so this what? is a valid question they actually don't make very good craft beer compared to what we all think they could make yeah um, well, goose island is pretty uh, good goose island yeah. yes no, 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 no talking he's about... talking about full-on anheuser-busch <laughs> oh, like yeah. when they have their little division called like sunny lakes well, or because, whatever because I don't the know. market doesn't demand that yet Coors mm. has Blue Moon and a subdivision in Sandlot, and they make fantastic beer. And they make they do. amazing lagers yeah, in America. They're the, my so, favorite German beers. So in that's America. true, but these little divisions, like, you know, Sun, I'm making this name up because they're always like that Sunny Lakes or sure. Long River, right. when yeah. they stick like a pale ale in there, yeah. it is not anywhere near as good as we think they could produce. Because w- they're such expert brewers, we think like right. they should be able to blow us away with a <laughs> yeah. pale ale. Yeah, and but- the fact is, other than the Sandlot, which is run like a small company in small batches, and if you like Blue Moon, there's not a lot of examples. No, but but the the term good is, is very uh, – it doesn't mean anything. 
Because what's good to you and what's good to me as a craft beer fan is not good to over 50% of the beer drinkers in the nation. So if they want to make a, quote, craft beer that has a little more flavor and a little more this and a little more that than what their Coors Light fans are used to drinking or their Budweiser fans are used to drinking in order to get them to drink their new brand instead of venturing out into the craft beer world and then getting it lost entirely, they're doing a great job. Okay, so I'll give you that. I think that's an excellent point. Then let me rephrase the question. Yeah. Why have they not, if they're going to throw out a pale ale or something, done something that could really be just as good as pale thirty one or almost even just to? It's it's almost a uh, uh, just a question just yeah. for fun, almost just to prove they can do it. Like you know what, guys, if we wanted to, check this out. Yeah. Your pale thirty one's got nothing on. So, so do you have an answer, or are you going to add another question? Because oh, no, I'm curious no, what no. you think about I've, that. Why got, not do it that way? I've got a pretty good answer. Okay. Is, uh, you've got the guys at the top that we've been doing it this good. It's not broke. Don't fix it. Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. look at Anchor. Anchor was doing did, 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 did just this. They had some awesome brewers. We've had them on the show. Yeah. And now they're venturing out. And now, well, now they got new owners. Mm-hmm. Bam. And all these new, very awesome beers are coming, okay. out, coming out of so you just them. think it's from the top down right. from the top right. down exactly okay. right. top down any other answers no well, and, I, and, I have no answer and that's to me that's very frustrating yeah like you i agree they could make a fantastic pale ale uh and wouldn't even have to market it i mean it, it, it's people would just you know drink it because it's good it's so good well they're they've got people that are great at what they do making their american light lagers for them going through the effort and money and investment and breaking their production line to develop and produce a new beer, they could do that, or they could buy Ten Barrel, yeah, right. and make the money from Ten Barrel that they've already that Ten Barrel has already cultivated their following and brand and everything, and yeah. and Harris Bush can just buy them, and then, then they're making the money. But a forty thousand so, barrel following is nothing compared to what they're. No, that's true. But to back up Beardy's theory, if you look at the breweries that they've bought, they're buying some. Amazing breweries. Uh, Tanya Cornette is uh, the brewer at Ten Barrel. She has so countless right. awards. Right. Uh, that's true, but still has countless awards beneath her. Uh, Goose Island had a ton of awards. They now have one of the largest barrel age programs uh, ever to grace the, the face of the earth. Oh, the sours are so, so good too. Just to back up and Beardy's statement, they're not buying slouches. They're buying pedigrees that right. can brew amazing beer. And and these so. breweries already have respect within the brewing within yeah. the craft beer community. And versus if Anheuser Busch came out with another Sunnyside Pale Ale, how yeah. many of us are going to go out and try it? Versus, right. oh, Ten Barrel, I'll they sound like a craft brewery. Yeah. And well, what if it won? What if it won the category, the GABF uh, category? Right. What well, if they? What if they entered uh, ten uh, craft style beers? Well, and they won and all uh, of them. Won. They won, or, uh, or they could jet. just buy the brewery that yeah. won. The previous years. <laughs> yeah. Which maybe that's what they'll start doing year yeah. after year. People are like, don't win. Don't win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The last thing you but want is gold. M- yeah. Moscow's been talking about how they're losing their edge. Like 1%, 2%, 5% a year. Yeah. Where are they going to get it back? Yeah. The craft market. Yeah, They're going to buy right. somebody like Beardy's exactly. talking about. And they're going to boost that up that way. Right. You know, 5% of them is a big deal. Yeah. yeah. They're well, going to make man. money on the growing segment of the of the beer industry. Well, I don't right. think anybody wonders why they're doing it. Right. As long as they don't change it to the point where we're not getting craft beer. Yeah. But, or, or squashing the little guy. Yeah. And, yeah. Go ahead, right. JP. But, that, you know, that's more to the point as, as why they're doing it. Like, like what Beardy said, they're buying the people who do it right. 
Yeah. And, you know, in a, in a, in a world where, yeah, craft is, is up like 15% or 17%, but overall worldwide, beer sales are down like 2 or 4% right. or something like that. So there's even less of a market to gain back. And so how are you going to do that instead of investing the time and the infrastructure to start brewing a stout as Anheuser-Busch? You're just going to buy the people who, who do it well, yeah. let them do it, put your board as governing them, and start raking in the cash. Not raking in the cash, but making so, more money. Again, I don't think anybody questions why. Those yeah, right. are, that's all sound business practice. I do get a little surprised by all of the uproar. I think in the yeah. end, oh, yeah, exactly. it's... Uh, People are going to forget about it. I oh, do absolutely. think that craft beer yeah. drinkers do have two philosophies. One is more important than the other, but one of them is that the beer tastes great. And I think that'll continue with 10 Barrel as it did with Goose Island and anybody yeah, yeah. else. But the other philosophy is that we like supporting small business and, and small companies. And so that, that's the difference. Right? I do <laughs> think that some decisions could be made, like uh, Tasty made the joke when I said Tanya Cornette's still the brewer. He said, <laughs> uh, for now, you know, if those, start, those things start to change and people quit and get fired, I do think craft beer fans still take. Note and 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 maybe just lose a little bit of love for their favorite brewery. So I'm curious how far that will go. Well, he, what's yeah. interesting is nobody made waves about Green Flash buying Alpine. Ah, oh, that's my next story. Oh, so sorry. that just came sorry. out. Sorry. Yeah. that just came out today. Ooh, we're really yeah. current. And like literally, I only saw it a few hours ago. Yeah. So I actually think that uh, yes. Waves came out instantly with the ten barrel thing. Did, yeah, there could yeah. be waves about this one. What happened uh, today with uh, Green Flash? Well, guys, along the lines of consolidation. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So Alpine, uh, these are down in San Diego. Uh, the, was acquired by uh, Green Flash, also in San Diego, and they intend to uh, increase production there at Alpine. The agreement was signed, like you guys said, just hours ago here on Monday. Uh, they did not disclose the terms of the deal. Uh, they're going to begin bottling Alpine beers, Green Flashes, in 2015. Each brewery will continue to make its own distinct. Beers, recipes, labels, you won't notice a difference on mm. the, the retail side. Uh, Mike and Lisa Hinckley will remain in control of Green Flash. Pat and Val McElhaney will retain control of Alpine. Interesting. Uh, some numbers for you guys. Green Flash is on track to produce 65,000 barrels of beer this year, uh, about 20 times the production of Alpine. Wow. I, I want to give some props to our friend Sully on this story, and, and here's why. So when I was reading through some of the things about 10 Barrel being bought, uh, and I don't read too many of these comments because I think people just get crazy. Sully piped in, and that's why I started reading it. Yeah, exactly. I saw that Sully had piped in on one, and the thing that he said, he mentioned was, you know, in any industry that's growing like the craft beer industry is, uh, one of the phases that naturally takes place, and it always takes place, is consolidation. And we're all up in arms about the big beers uh, buying up the little ones, but what Sully was saying was, Watch our own industry. Watch the small breweries start consolidating, too, because it's just part of how business gets done. And he was just sort of throwing it out there, like, hey, guys, be ready for this. And what is it? Four days later, after I'm reading that, we see an acquisition like this of a small brewery in San Diego uh, acquiring another small brewery in San Diego. I thought it was very astute of him to pay attention to it, but I also think he's obviously right. This is going to be really interesting to watch, and people will yell much less about small ones buying up small ones. Sure, because once you reach a certain level, then it's it's fine, because they're just craft beer. But it's (laughs) it's that marketing term, man. Craft beer has really made a home in people's lexicon, and it really means something, but to them, but it in reality, it doesn't really mean anything. I, I wonder where, where uh, in these folks' mind the cutoff is. Right. You know, How what, big? what sixty thousand yeah. barrels, a hundred thousand? Do you have a number in your head when you? Make well, no, argument? 
but, but that's what I think we'll see is that everyone will be okay with these types of acquisitions until, for example, uh, New Belgium and Dogfish Head merge. And right. now you have these two mega craft breweries who still have small shares in the overall thing. Then people will start to go, oh, well, now this is too much because it'll be too big, right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, not whatever too big that, for AB InBev. They'll buy them and then it'll Not right. too big for them, but too big for – to answer Scott's question, too big for craft beer fans. Yeah. And I don't know exactly what the number is. They don't either. They, but they don't either. It was yeah. a rhetorical question. It's something on right. that scale. As soon as Sierra Nevada acquires New Belgium or whatever – like when that yeah. happens, you go, yeah. oh, snap. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I have a question. Does anybody really care that, that AB is buying up craft breweries? Like I – I don't give a shit. I, no. I, I, I could care a, less. A lot of the folks yeah. on the on the, the comment boards, yeah, they do. Yeah, but I think they I care don't. because they think they're supposed to be care. But like, I think in reality, I I, I don't know. I don't. I'd be more I don't worried. care. I just I don't care. More, I'd, I'd heard, be more worried if Peps bought up. Right, ten barrels. Well, they're well, Russian. Then that's going to screw the Russians. They're trying to buy them up to shut them down. So all we're drinking is Budweiser, right? Which is not their intention. Which is right. not it's what's not happening. But I've yeah. heard, I've heard Goose Island that's being brewed at the AB plants is not the same as it used to be in the microbrewery. Which, of course, it's not. It's different systems, dummy. Uh, but the barrel stuff is tasting really, really yeah, good. It's great. I just, yeah. I don't, I don't have a problem buying Goose Island beer before. I don't have a problem now. I don't give a shit who owns it. I don't care. So I'll give. I have an answer to that because when it comes to Goose Island and ten barrel uh i don't didn't really feel like i had any skin in the game yeah i you know i've never had a 10 barrel beer unless i had one at gabf or something and On don't remember right. i had definitely had some goose island but it didn't really hold a place in my heart but here's yeah. an example of something that i would care about if firestone walker got bought by ab InBev tomorrow Ooh. i'd be worried i would have something to say i wouldn't maybe rant like everybody else like oh it's well, the end of the world because i don't know what happens but to me i would instantly worry is right. is my favorite brewer uh, matt brindelson going to get fired is the beer going to change uh is the way they produce those anniversary beers that are, have been so amazing to us is that process no no longer going to involve local wineries so i do care that's an example for me where I've got some skin in the game because I'm such a fan of this brewery. I have their beer so often. It's a part of my life. I can see people getting – and I think that's some of these 10-barrel people. That's their local brewery. They, they do care. So some to of me, them, that's so, an example yeah, so, of when I would care. But where is the but, cutoff? If, if Sam Adams bought Firestone Walker, would you care? Yes. Or, if anybody, if any large other brewery than the people running it that are doing so great with it right now and producing the beer I love so much, then I would, I, I would raise questions. I would be worried. But maybe it's not about the size of who acquires them, but it's what they do when they acquire them. Because that's e- right. e- even if mm-hmm. uh, you know Ten Barrel acquired Firestone in you know some alternate universe, well, uh, we're going to keep Matt Brindleson. We're letting them do everything exactly the same because we love Firestone. Well, then there's it's it's a non-starter. I agree with you, except that historically, when large companies buy smaller companies, that's not what happens. So there's plenty of evidence to say that when a big company comes in and buys a smaller one, changes are made that change those very things we're talking about. In in the name of downsizing, in the name of saving money, in the name of doing things that make a more successful business on paper. So I think that just the, the precedent worries people. And it would worry me about Firestone because I don't want anything to change. And why wait and you see so when I can blog or tweet about it? Math out. You, your dad, and you. <laughs> He's pointing you, at me. Oh, you guys get this Masterhead Brewer now? Oh, I see. We then He's get to a, hire. Yeah. I see. You're saying we're short-sighted agent. because He's a free Matt agent. Matt, <laughs> that's another topic. But 
Oh my JP, God. Does, do you see what I mean? Why there might I see, I see what you why mean. I would care. And yeah, and, and yeah, so but you're in the one percent. Yeah, so I understand yeah. because you are a, a consumer. But I guarantee you that I would say seventy five percent of the people who are commenting about the ten barrel acquisition have never had a ten barrel bill. And like you said, they don't I have see. a skin in the game. Yeah, and yeah. so that's my thing. Uh, that, that was kind of my my point is if if you've never had a beer, if you're not in their market, which we're not in their market, I don't care. Got I it. don't care what happens because there are so many good craft breweries out there that if that one starts making uh, uh, a less than stellar beer yeah uh, it's gonna fail it, it there, our attention will just turn there's so many craft breweries that it doesn't matter if one gets bought out one goes under i don't care yeah i, I mean i have my no. you know 10 breweries that i go to locally and that's it okay it doesn't matter okay the, the brothers make their money i'm not i don't mean to yell no no i, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually see your point you you the, don't the care. brothers make right. their money they Absolutely. sold out and as long if, if it's making the same brew everybody's happy if it's not yeah i Right. JP's right. I don't care. So let me answer that just too. that I always have this feeling too when you say like the brothers made their money. I don't like getting when people get angry at the owners too. Oh, yeah. Like because for me I actually feel like wait a second. Did these two just like realize the American dream? They they oh, bought something. Totally. They got yeah. they can now go live on an island somewhere. I don't know the yeah. details. Yeah. So I do. I don't like people getting angry at the owners because no. I feel like no, you no, started no. a yeah. small 100%. business. This is the American dream. They, um but I, I do I, I do relate to people becoming worried about what the product will turn into. Because I would worry, too, if it were one of my faves. Here it is. It's That's like all. when you're 14 and your favorite brand signs the big yeah. record label. Sellouts. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you, you sold out. You can't. What are you guys doing, man? And it's like they, they have like Green Day. Yeah. Their music hasn't changed since they started. Well, yeah, a little sucks. bit. Got a little harder. Yeah, but yeah, been, but it's, it's, it's a little more it's rock and roll, a little less emo. But for the most part, it's. It's the same. Yeah. But people who were fans of them before they signed, or they're, they're sellouts, bro. Yeah. You can't do that. It's the same. It, it, it doesn't matter. You just want to be angry at something because that was your thing. It was your passion. Nobody else knew about it. You could go on a forum and go, hey, I got some 10 barrel beer to trade. Never now, heard of it. Yeah. In six months, yeah. everyone who has a Safeway within 10 blocks is going to have that same beer. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the argument that they're worried about. Yeah. And so, yeah. But, but it'll still be, it, it, I don't know, it'll be just everyone calm down, have a beer. It's fine. <sighs> All right. Preferably I see both sides. Uh, what else we got? All right. Well, speaking of uh, like Johnny, nuttiness Johnny on, Mitchell song on uh, social media. It's both sides now. All right. Go ahead, Moskowitz, <laughs> the other Scott. <laughs> yeah, here's a tweet that nearly cost Revolution Wines in Sacramento a 10-day suspension of its liquor license. Quote, Two days till at Save Mart Grape Escape in downtown Sacramento. Get tickets and info here. And then there's a link. Um, so And it wasn't even Revolution Wine's tweet, actually. They had retweeted the post from the Sacramento Convention and uh, Visitors Bureau Twitter. Um, but as far as the ABC was concerned, the message was a major no-no. Um, because by naming a retailer in the tweet, Revolution Wines had violated Tidehouse laws, a system that arose after prohibition to create independence among alcohol producers, distributors, retailers. Um, so exceptions exist, but producers are not allowed to explicitly promote retailers. And these are kind of tricky rules to navigate in the social media age. And just a tweet singling out a bottle shop or a supermarket can be construed by the ABC as furnishing free advertising. Yeah. So just to elaborate this on a little bit, we've discussed this on the show before, but not in great detail because it is a little difficult to navigate. But uh, what comes to my mind is you guys might remember back several years when uh, Peter Hoey had started Odinata Brewing Company. That's and right. Odinata came on here. Yeah. And Peter was very careful about what the legalities of promoting his brewery were. And the reason it stands out to me is because so many other 
brewers come in here and are not as careful. And I think the reason is is that it's, for one, hard to get caught. Two, the rules get so cloudy that you're actually unsure what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do because some of the things are not common sense, what you're not allowed to do. But here's where this one came to mind. I remember asking Peter Hoey, where can people buy Odonata? And Peter saying very specifically, I can't answer that question. And what it came down to is that I had to ask a very specific question in order for him to answer it. The question had to be something like... Can I buy it here? Where can I buy Odonata Brewery within a one-block radius of the Hop Grenade in Toto Santos Plaza? You had to specify exactly where? And then he could say, oh, you can buy it at the Hop Grenade. Because he wasn't giving preferential treatment to one retailer over another retailer. Versus if you asked, where can I buy it in Concord? Yeah. You would at least have to list two or three. Okay. Or everybody. Or right. everyone. Right. He, he, and by the way, ask minimum, your lawyer about these. We're right. sort of speculating. At here. a minimum, you have to make a list. You can't just say at the hop grenade if it's okay. if, he's, if you're asking in Concord, it, where can I get If you're it? asking more less specifically than literally right. giving like a you know a one mile or a one block radius. Yeah. If there were other retailers in the area. Do you think right. uh, John at Beer Law Center knows this stuff? I'm sure John does, uh, although his thing is trademarks anyway. I bet he knows uh, this. And we're talking California law. Yeah, am, am I allowed to plug John by the way, absolutely, that, okay? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that we're allowed to do. Um, but you do need to get a uh, in in your own state too. But this is about a California ABC law. You need a California ABC lawyer to help you figure. So this was a very um, uh, innocent thing to do. There was a festival coming, and yeah, an employee just retweeted <laughs> yeah. it. Just yes. retweeted. It wasn't like, a... but it was a retweet from a retailer that carried their wine, mm-hmm. and uh, I think a brewery did it as well. And yeah, they was actually in this case. Uh, Revolution Wines was one of eight different breweries and wineries to get investigated by the ABC over this whole thing. Here's a question, and I think maybe you have this from the story. How did it come under the ABC's radar that these small companies were (laughs) tweeting? Well, allegedly, it was a concerted effort by a certain large-scale producer of wines. The ABC will not name the company, but apparently they have a huge team of legal assistants, and they scour the web looking for people to rat out. Interesting. So we don't really know yeah. who's playing the hardball. I mean, Revolution Wines produces fewer than ten thousand cases annually. This is a this is a blip yeah. uh, on the radar of the tens of millions of cases <clears throat> produced by the company that did this. Right. Whoever it is. So here's wow. why I like this yeah, story, and, and, and I'm glad you put this in oh, the news. I uh, I'm. I really want brewers to to pay attention and be aware of this because as the market gets more competitive and as there's more breweries doing this, this sort of trouble is going to arise. So they got threatened with what a ten day suspension or yeah. what? Uh, it was you had a t- uh, or a year of see. probation. They could take the ten That's, day suspension. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or they could take a year of probation and their choice. Right. Exactly. And all of the businesses did, took the probation because ten days of lost revenue is they they would rather just be on probation and take their chances. Too. Yeah. So if they accidentally do this again, and I'm not being sarcastic. When I say accidentally, because the rules are a little strange sometimes, they will get shut down for the 10 days. Yeah, that will go Somebody into else yes. does it to It's them. a condition of their probation. Right. So here's why I wanted to talk about this for brewers in California, and you should check what your own state laws are too. But, you know, a lot of times we have brewers coming on here uh, on the show at the Hop Grenade. And I think that either accidentally or, or inadvertently, uh, our guests will say, hey, uh, we're on live at the Hop Grenade tonight, and our beer is on tap. And as much as we love you doing that, you're not allowed to do that. A better way to do it when you're dealing with retailers is to say, in, like in our example, hey, 
I'm going to be on at the Hop Radio tonight. Join the show. And then when we retweet it, as a retailer, we're allowed to say that your beer is available here. So I can then say, X Brewer is going to be here, and we've got their beer on tap, too. Come down what about us. if they said— But I'm a retailer. We're enjoying our beer on tap in the studio, uh, being the brewing uh, network. I would worry. Well, first of all, uh, you wouldn't be enjoying your own beer on well, tap no, in the studio. But, it, but you wouldn't be. Yeah. We wouldn't be selling yeah. it. Have you so. had your beer? No, you, if you're going to have an <laughs> person at, no. at a is location, yes, then you can say that your beer is going to be there. You can. You can say uh, Jamil and Liz are going to be at uh, uh, Original Gravity tomorrow night pouring uh, their beers. Come oh, on. that's allowed. That is allowed. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. As long well, as they're going to be there. Like I said in the beginning, consult your lawyer. Don't yeah. take my yeah, word yeah. for this. That's, I didn't realize that. I thought you had to. I thought no, no matter what, you no. couldn't say if where somebody's going to be there. You yeah. have to have a brewery representative ah. being there, and it has to be uh, included co- co- in co- the tweet or Facebook post yeah. or like that the rep will be there. Oh yeah, well, then by all means, keep promoting. You're going to be here, and we're selling your beer. Make sure that that's in there. Now, this is again just an example of how tricky these rules are. Yeah, right. Consult your legal people. Yeah, get yourself a rep because. It's so weird to me that people can't. I get where it stemmed from. It was that you know back in the day after prohibition, when the big breweries came about, you could uh, you could essentially buy a location. Like you could come buy Anheuser Busch could come to the Hop Grenade and go, look, if we'll give you X, this, that, and the you other. Put thing. in your whole cooler system. All you got to do yeah. is pour our beer all the time. Beer off invoice. And the little guy could never compete, and we'd say, yeah, sorry, right. we're a bud house. Yeah. Right. Um, so right. I get where it came from originally. But now it certainly makes things tricky for small brewers just trying to promote where you can find their beer. Yeah, I think a lot of it was also you, you know, so you don't, you know, Bud doesn't open a bar, right? Or well, open a tap house. They have all these Budweiser, and then and then they're pumping out through their, you know, advertising. Own, yeah. Right, exactly. Go to Joe's on Third instead of all the other places that have Budweiser, right. so right. they get more more money out of it. Yeah. That's an interesting story. California breweries and in your own state as well, if you're not from California, pay attention to this stuff. We don't want you getting in trouble for what seems like just some innocent promotion. Yeah, no kidding. All right, well, I'm going to end the news today with uh, a a listener named uh, John Kay wrote in and said that uh, he wanted to be in charge of and host the beer news today and that that I would just do the uh, verbal relay on his behalf. So let's end it with a little lightning round of uh, the stories that uh, John Kay uh, thought were uh, newsworthy. Sierra Nevada has announced that they will be releasing a new Pilsner in January, Nooner Pills. It will be year-round <laughs> available both in cans and bottle. Sierra Nevada Bill says it's not quite Summerfest, but is similar. <laughs> Alpine acquired by Green Flash. Goose Island amps up Bourbon County Stout brands for Black Friday release. On Friday, November 28, Goose Island will release their Bourbon County Stout uh, in... Lots of cities. I'm not going to name them all. Oma Gang Game of Thrones is set Thank to release you. the next beer this spring, a saison called Three-Eyed Raven. Dogfish Head Beer Thousand is on its way. A music collaboration with Guided by Voices. is It, it is an imperial <laughs> lager, and hopefully it is better than the awful Pearl Jam collaboration beer they mm. did, and hopefully better than the letdown My Antonia as well. And uh, there's a few more, but uh, that's it, John. Sorry. Uh, that's the news. Brought to you by uh, homebrewstuff.com. Skip the lines and save big this uh, cyber... What is it? Black Friday through Cyber Monday. Yeah. Skip the lines and save big at homebrewstuff.com slash promotions. They're good to us. Go be good to them. I'm sorry to say it, Scott, but I sort of like John's version of the news. <laughs> it's a little yeah. better. Yeah. Kind of a little more too. concise. Well, yeah. I wouldn't say better. You don't have to listen to us fucking philosophize yeah, for 45 minutes. I like Guided by so, Voices. All right. So Imperial Lager. I, I, John, you should continue <laughs> to write to Scott. And maybe at the end of every beer news, we should do the lightning round. I, lightning I really kind of like it. It was good. Got it out quickly. 
All right, is that it for today? Well, we have a phone call. Uh, of course you do. And okay. It's a, a man named Justin Case, and he's either calling from Stockton, California, or Concord, California. And when you speak to him, you'll understand why I couldn't uh, tell. Concord. Compton. Stockton, California, or Con- Mars? Or Concord. All right, Justin Case, what's happening? Greetings, Brewcaster. Oh. <laughs> How you guys doing? We're doing all right. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Stockton, uh, California. Stockton, Stockton. Beaver. What do you got, baby? Yeah, we got shit in your ears? Yeah, get I said Stockton or Concord. Get that burrito no, out of I, here. I, I, <laughs> I know it's, the name. It's, it's, dude, Stockton. <laughs> I, I know the name. Uh, what's, right, the, cool. what's the purpose of your call today, Justin? Dude, I don't want to be drug of the week. <laughs> I had to ask him. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he would have said something else. I don't know. I, I want to be your limo driver. I have commentary on the uh, acquisition of Tenberry. Yeah. I'm positive JP has cancer. It's following up from the beginning I of the show. I can smell it from here. I've been drinking these packets of Insta beer. <laughs> Justin, have you ever had Insta beer? No, I have never had Insta beer. I've had many gallons of beer. What have you had tonight? What have you had tonight? Uh, tonight. Oh, well, um, I'm looking at a... S- As if this is a surprise question. Right. Right. Oh, you want to oh, drink it? I shot it. <laughs> Hold on. I have been drinking. Um, I drank, um, Widmere. Uh, it was, a 12-pack mm. of, uh, Upheaval. A 12-pack? What's Upheaval? Of Upheaval. What up, t- upheaval. What? Up, right, what is it? Upheaval. It's an IPA. What time did you start? Uh, 5.30. <laughs> Good man. Sweet. 12 pack. God damn it. Uh, what else? Go on. Um, and now I'm drinking an old uh, Chub Nitro <laughs> from Oscar Oscar Brewing <laughs> in Colorado. From Oscar <laughs> Wild. Wait, how are you having it on Nitro? Is it coming in the, the can on Nitro now? Yes, it's in the can. I'm not, I got it right here in my hand. I'm, I'm not lying to you, Scott. I got it right here. I don't believe it. Right got to send a picture. I don't believe you. He's got a long line from... They got some from, patented method of doing it. That's okay. a good beer. I love yeah. that old chub. Well, just in case... This shit is fucking badass. <laughs> <laughs> is that on the label, or you're making that up? Right, it's a tagline. Yeah. Who brews that? Well, it doesn't It doesn't say badass on the label, ass hats, but um, <laughs> it is badass. pretty badass. Yeah. Do you have to be at work tomorrow? The, oh, <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Um, but it doesn't matter. What do you do for um, like? I work for, um, it's uh, uh, cable construction. Okay. Uh, and nothing important. Basically built. Yeah, well, it's not important. You know, it's, it's just fucking cable. It's, You're not going to kill anybody. No, he's going to, well, what kind of cable is that guy it? holding up the shovel? For bridges? Yeah, for, for the eastern span of the bridge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I never drive on that bridge. He's like, I put in gas lines for PG&E. <laughs> oh. Yeah. We're, we got a job in Concord, right in Toto Santos. Did you yeah. say Stockton? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, just in case, you are the winner of Drunk of the Week. Yeah. 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 That's course. right. Send Bevo an email to Bevo at thebrewingnetwork.com, and she will send you a prize, my friend. That's right. We reward your a, you reward. type of behavior around Thank here. Thank you, dude. All right, brother. Th- <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks for the call. Enjoy the rest of your night. Yeah. Iherl.com. Later. Okay. There we have it. A wonderful edition of Drunk of the Week. 
Let's get out of here. Before we do, uh, let me let you know uh, quickly that uh, Dr. Homebrew is going to be recording this month, Thursday, November 20th. Is that right, JP? Uh, yeah, I think. Thursday, November 20th. We've got lots of shows on the program, uh, on the on the network, rather, Ooh, including the yeah. new Sour Hour, Dr. Homebrew. Jamil's shows are still there with wow. Brew Strong and um, <laughs> Brewing with Style. Yeah, you can do tomorrow night? With yep. um, Brewing with Style? Yes. Excellent. Tomorrow night, live here at the Hop Grenade. So. a lot of new shows. Yeah, don't forget about all our other programming. It's wonderful, and check it out. And we're live at Anchor a week from tonight. Ah, that's yeah. right. That should um, be fun. That's going to be a yeah. good show. I do hope, uh, do we confirm if we can broadcast live? I know they gave us their internet specs, but... It's always kind of up in the air. It's looking like yes as of now, okay. but you know, we don't know until we get there. All right. I will try to make sure that you guys know ahead of time. I'm going to get there early in the day and check the internet connection. I do hope to do the normal broadcast where you can listen to the audio and watch the video um, live from Anchor, but we'll let you know. Worst case scenario, we'll record the whole thing and put it up on the site the next day. So, Wish you were there. Yeah. All right. Is that it? Twitter game. Let's get out. Oh, 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 Twitter game. That's right. Twitter. What was our Twitter game, JP? Our Twitter game was uh, if you had to introduce uh, one brewcaster to a member of your family, who would it be and why? <laughs> That's right. We actually got some really good uh, responses from okay. this one. So uh, Mike Fitzpatrick says, Tasty. And he would introduce Tasty to his mom because his mom is single. Okay. Hey. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, Guile says uh, JP because he's friendly, knows Disneyland, and is easy on the eyes. Oh. Yeah. Uh, by the way, my hashtag, uh, my Twitter name is Guile. Uh, Don Boyle says this is easy. JP because nothing more than meeting JP would make my parents happy that I am their son. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. no. That's, That's so nice. backhanded. That's uh, Duke, Gr- uh, Duke Garen says, Justin, they, uh, his parents would totally get the VW thing. The rest of you are too fucked up. There we go. Wow, uh, if you guys are more mm, fucked up than me, that's, uh, that's a right. problem. Yeah. Um, uh, Andy Wood says, uh, JP to my dad because he's deaf. My dad, not JP. Case closed. <laughs> Apparently I would talk to his dad and his dad would go, I don't understand. J-Bone1717 says, yeah. uh, Beardy. He's blind, so I just introduce him to a couple mannequins and tell him that they're really quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'd be like, wow, your parents are lovely. What a nice couple. This is they're the so best calm. night. Yeah. Uh, S. Blankenship says uh, he would introduce Tasty to his kids because his kids need to learn about the circle of life. Right, you are, Ted. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that it ends? <laughs> yeah, near, near the end. Uh, yeah. Pies, uh, he says, uh, JP to my sister. She loves Disneyland and hates homebrew. Yeah. Perfect. Sounds great. How old is the sister? I don't know. 49. Like? Oh, yeah. uh, Sugar Valley Brewer says, I'd want my son to meet Tasty. I'd say, son, look at him. That's what whiskey, beer, and harlots do to a man. <laughs> harlots. harlots. <laughs> Who says harlots? That's an upgrade for Sugar me. Valley. Well, if you noticed, if it's not... Bebo's ass. Yeah. It's uh, Harlots. Kim, uh, uh, oh, I see. We got our own. Uh, I think it's one and the same. Sugar Valley wrote, uh, wrote in a new song about Kim Shimke, by the way. I was going to say, his content has been very right. Bebo free in the last oh. uh, Yeah, he wrote in a welcome song to Shimke, but I'm not going to play it until Shimke's here. Yeah, so, right. yeah. uh, Scott Thompson says, a Beardy, but I would disguise my family as cardboard cutouts. I don't think he would notice. Eh, it's the same joke. <laughs> yeah, similar. Yeah. Uh, Gay Kyle says to my uh, tasty to my mother because I don't want to be a bastard anymore. I don't know my dad. Uh, Seriously, uh, tasty, <laughs> daddy tasty uh, for uh, Gay Kyle. Uh, uh, tasty, Gay Kyle needs a daddy. We can, we can hang. <laughs> I like the daddy? seriously part. 
Uh, Onamar says, my mother-in-law to Tasty, because they both need to get laid. Oh. <laughs> plus, <laughs> plus, she cooks and Tasty looks hungry all the time. <laughs> well, it's just munchies. Well, yeah, yeah. All right. That's, that's the basis for a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> sure is. Matt Hudson Rail says. Rail and his mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> pale, pale rail. Pale rail. Give her the old pale rail. <laughs> Uh, Matt Hutchins says, Bebo's ass, no explanation necessary. And last but not least, our friends at Melavino Meadery says, I would pick Justin. Uh, My grandmother would kiss his feet, but then be confused as to why Jesus has piss stain on his jeans. He's <laughs> probably right. Yeah. Well, there I like go. the one about tasty and the eating. And, <laughs> and the eating and the thing. And, and the, the one about the beardy and the mannequins. Those are my two favorites. Okay. Um, Let's do those. Uh, all right. That, is that good? That's so we'll good. vote on those two. Uh, raise your hand uh, for either one. First, uh, Tasty and the, the, food, eating. the eating. The eating. Mother-in-law. That's uh, three votes there. And then Beardy and the Mannequins. That's four votes there. there Beardy and the Mannequins Yay! win. I've never met a mannequin. Yeah. Like. <laughs> That's right. I've never not seen anything I didn't like. <laughs> what? Uh, all right, so who, who uh, what was the name of that one? Oh, I already closed the window. I don't know. Oh. Person who did Beardy and the Mannequins, send Bevo an email. That's Bevo at thebrewingnetwork.com. She will send you a prize for winning our Twitter game this week. All right, we good? Yep. We're good. Get us out of here, JP. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Explore the world of experimental brewing with Drew Beecham and Denny Khan in their new book. Follow JP on Twitter and Major Jip for all things video games. I mean, eSports. Warren was pretty sure he was here, although he'd be hard-pressed to prove it. Doc was sucking down syrupy beer with a smile. For some good beer inside at Homebrew Info, follow Nate Smith and Nathan Homebrew and Mike McDowell at Tasty McD. Production director on the session has been Push Eject. Today's show has been produced by Scott Moskowitz. JP was still recovering from his convergence of nerdom. Bevo was not ordering tacos fast enough the entire show. And your host was Justin Crossley. Be sure to find the Brew Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Justin's a nice guy and win.